This is the Joy of Geek. Welcome to the Joy of Geek podcast. I'm Rich Lapore. Kevin Shaver. And today we are here to talk about a big movie. Um, the first movie that Steven Spielberg has done that is, I don't know, adventurous, action adventurous in a very long time. In a while, yeah. I mean, in the last few years, he's been doing more uh, dramas and stuff. And he just did one a few months before this with The Post. Um, right. With Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep. And then there was and Bridge of Spies. Bridge of Spies, Lincoln. Um, so yeah, he's done mainly those kind of like more real life and historical dramas. Um, but this one he's back to his geek culture roots. Right, right. Um, so we are going to be talking Ready Player One today. Excellent, Um, excellent. And, and it's, you know, this is a movie that I've anticipated for a while. Um, you know, when Ernest Cline, the author of the book came out with it, um, you know, there was a lot of buzz around the game industry. Obviously gaming is kind of my, my number one passion and you know, a lot of talk was it's all about retro gaming and the origins of gaming. It's a celebration of geek culture and most specifically the 80s. Um, and, you know, that that all really got my attention. I always intended to read it, but something always kind of stopped me. I was always like, ooh, I don't know what it is. And I think I think some of that is the idea of it just being a, a collection of, of, of name drops or, or references right, rather right. than being like a cohesive thing. But then I always heard good things. So it's sure. more a matter of just never having gotten to it. That said, it always held that little place of like, I need to get to that. I've heard it's really excellent. Mm. And, you know, hardcore, you know, gamers and game journalists, I believe, are generally positive on the book. Generally. I, I know there is some controversy and I, I think it's some, some of it ties into the movie as well. We see with kind of how the romance is portrayed, stuff like that. Okay, which we'll interesting. Get to. interesting. I don't know. I, I just I mean the book in general is, sure. is is considered... Oh, it's very... I mean, you know, they, well regarded. The, the trailer um, at Comic-Con last year, they said, from the pop culture odyssey by Ernest Cline. <sighs> I was like... See, and... I those, guess. When you do marketing that that's heavy-handed, like, that gets me... I'm like, okay, I kind of roll my eyes there. I'm just, you know, but Yeah, like, well, um, you know, and I mean, the whole movie's... There, there are aspects, whether you like this movie or not, there's going to be eye-roll aspects. Oh, yeah. This movie. I mean, there are things about it that that are eye roll inducing. So we will talk in depth about Ready Player One. I'm really excited to do that. We both saw it. Uh, We both have some some pretty pretty strong and light thoughts on it. Sure. Um, Cool. Uh, Before that, we are going to talk about a couple news stories, like like we do. Sure. um, As well as. Um, what we've been reading, what we've been watching, what we've been playing, maybe. Just yeah, different sure. different stuff. Sure. Um, so, uh, without any further ado, okay. I've specifically asked to be blind on this. So, right. Kevin has three news stories, none of which I am aware of yet. Okay. Anyway, well, take it away. The first one you're going to like. Um, so, um, it Chapter 2 is, of course, you know, in development and everything. And um, ever since... It, Chapter 2. Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and ever since, you know, it, you know the, with the success of the first movie... Um, the buzz has been okay. Who's gonna play the older, um, ver- the adult versions of the kids from the first? Uh oh. So, uh oh. Um, uh oh. Is it my boy? I don't know, your boy, but like good picks though. I okay. Like, uh, but, right. It's not Joel Kinnaman. Um, no, no. Oh sorry, man, sorry, sorry. no sorry. Joel Kinnaman. Sorry. All right. I've not heard his name pop up. Wait, wait. But, wait. Is it Jamie Dornan? No. Ah. Sorry. Right. Okay, my favorite. My favorite. Like, not saying they're the greatest actors of all time, but they're the ones that were in their in stuff. I'm just like awesome. Right. Right. All right. So, not officially confirmed, but they're in talks, and I think it will become official soon, because the movie's supposed to start shooting this summer. Okay. Um, for older Bill, 
Uh, James McAvoy is in talks to. Right. I can I can right. see it. Yeah, it's, it's just a very it's my very pick, very conventional like, pick. It's a little conventional. Very much like what I'd expect. Yeah, yeah. He'll get his American accent down, and yeah. that'll be that. Yeah. All right. But I'll take it though. I'll take um, it. He's good for Richie Bill Hader, which uh, I, oh, I like. The, hell yes. yes. That's why I, I am I, huge. Yeah. You know, I realized recently I am the hugest Bill Hader fan ever. Yeah. He's, he's like awesome. become pretty much like my favorite comedian on earth, and there's this really good. Um, interview with yeah. him on on Fresh Air where he talks about like how all of his not all of course yeah, yeah, but yeah. a lot of the people he grew up around in college and in the comedy writing game uh, went down different paths and then he always sort of was people were just like dude man you got to do a line of this coke it's awesome and like I'm so creative on it and he was always like that's awesome it looks like fun guys but um, that was a pretty good impression yeah that was, uh, yeah, that was but but yeah. but I'm good you know I'm right, over here right. doing my own thing you guys are doing a little faster that's great but I'm gonna do my own thing at my own pace and none of them are around anymore and he is so he's right. just a story of longevity and stick-to-itiveness and just being a decent dude yeah, yeah, but yeah. also just tremendous talent he does and he when, really I, when does, yeah. he's in something um, I'm I'm enjoying myself yeah, yeah. Wh- whether it's a high quality project or not I'm <laughs> Barry. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so we can talk a little about that when we talk about what we've been watching. All right, Bill okay. Hader. So, yeah, Needless to say, big, great pick. Yes, absolutely. So, and and it's pretty much already been confirmed that Jessica Chastain is going to be Beverly. All right. Uh, which All right. That, I, that's mean, that's, I mean, she's great, you know. That's, yeah. I mean, well, and it was, that was pretty obvious in the beginning. She's fantastic. She looks the part, and uh, she's worked with the director before. So, like, that was kind of a given. That, um, the director is, I'm missing I, it. On something, something. Like, I, he's not, uh, it, his initials are AM. He directed Mama. He's not like a huge name. Or okay. Um, but so that, so, um, so they got those three pretty much pinned down. Um, we should. Oh, that's, those about, are probably going to be the three. Yeah, you think? Pretty much, okay. yeah. And then um, for the other, we should know by uh, pretty soon because um, like I said, they're supposed to start production this summer. Okay. Um, Word. Cause Sounds it's scheduled good. for a 2019 release. Great. Yeah. I mean, chapter two is going to be great. Sure. Our understanding thus far, what I've heard, and I haven't been tuned in too much to sure, this, sure. but, um, you know, obviously the book is in, in, in two parts. Um, right. They interweave to some extent, they inter- right? They interweave a lot. Ha- ha- okay. Yeah. yeah. However, there's childhood and there's adulthood. Right. Um, but also just as a reality of making the first it, um, it was a tremendously difficult process. It's amazing it lower, turned out yeah, as well as it yeah. did. Budget was lower, right. Yeah. So they couldn't go into a lot of you know the, the, the other world where, right, where right. it comes from. Right. Um, but apparently Chapter 2's budget obviously is much oh, higher so and that yeah. they're going to go into that. It'll probably be a longer movie. It'll be more in-depth. Sure. And it'll, it'll go into some of that stuff that we've all been wondering. I know I have. Sure, sure. So, cool. So, yeah. So that's what's exciting. More sci-fi for the next step. Uh, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Uh, another casting news. Uh, this is a little eye roller, but um, the untitled Terminator Six movie, uh, oh. like uh, like, which is supposed to, it's being directed by Tim Miller, and it's supposed to erase the continuity of everything past Judgment Day. Wait, who's and doing Deadpool Two? Isn't that his thing? No, he left a while ago, so oh. he's just working on this now. Um, it, the, I think it's one of the one of the guys who is on John Wick. I think is directing Deadpool Two. Um, but no, Tim Miller left that a while ago. Okay, so it's um, a, so so this new movie is a reboot. Yeah, a reboot of, of sequel, Terminator. Whatever. So it's not Terminator Six; it's like the Terminator. No, it's like it, no, it takes place after Terminator Two. This is why, like, I, oh, yeah, I know, no, F- yes, I know, F- I know, I know. But um, I don't know if it. I mean, Gabriel Luna, who played um, Ghost Rider in Agents of Shield, is supposed to be playing the new Terminator. Okay. Um, which all right. I, I know that against right. him, but it's just like what, but. Apparently, so this movie, yeah, they're erasing, I mean, which I don't mind that they're erasing the continuity of T3 and up, because 
T three, Salvation, and Genesis are all. I don't terrible. hate Salvation. Um, um, Salvation um, was actually the more interesting one because yeah. that I mean it's like it's clunky, but it's like at least it did a little something different, and they and showed Cameron us Bale's in it. And he's Cameron really Bale's good. in it, and like and they showed the future world, whereas like T three and Genesis is just I, I haven't seen that one. I don't, like, they don't even spell Genesis right. What is their problem? I don't know. And what is the point? I really didn't want to see that. I think I saw because I was reviewing. I was working for all the time at the time, so I saw pretty much everything. Um, but like, oh, it was awful. Um, and so, but yeah, it was really fun. that bad, huh? Yeah. How was what's her name, Amelia Clark or, or Amelia whatever? I mean, she's fine, but it's just like they, I mean, the trying to follow that movie was just like a headache inducer Ugh. the effects were terrible Ugh. everything so how do you get one, the effects wrong on a terminator movie in this day and age I know. like how do you f that up i know i'm just curious no it's kind of crazy but um so this one is um is so tim miller is directing they have several screenwriters on board and james cameron is supposedly overseeing it um but like All right. uh, yeah I, I okay mean, i don't really know what to make of it because i mean i love the first two terminator movies don't get me wrong but um anything after that has been horrible so but yeah, apparently they're supposed to erase continuity of everything after T two and start from there, um, which is stupid anyway. Because like I never understood what like I always, I mean Terminator two is great and it works for them, but like they destroy the program that would have led to Skynet at the end of it, so it's just so pointless to continue the storyline after that. Um, it needs that, a fresh reboot. That movie is perfect. It ends, but you know. But I don't even think it. Like I don't know why. I mean, it just it works as well. If you want to make, I mean, no, no, no. Another... You're going to make another Terminator movie. That's going to happen. Yeah, so yeah. as as that's a given. Yeah. Why do they have to make it a sequel to Terminator yeah, Two? I know. All that's going to do is add like three extra levels of complication to something yeah. that doesn't need it. I just know. reboot the whole franchise. Just start over. Yeah. With a new direction. Yeah. Anyway, because nowadays there's so many new, there's so much new technology. Yeah. There's so many new concepts. People have thought so much more about time travel and ai since then sure um there's just so many places to go with it anyway i agree i mean i think you know if you're gonna make it i think a fresh spin is you know get alex garland in there man alex garland's take on terminator would be awesome that would be fantastic i would love to see that of course oscar isaac would be in it of course (laughs) right it's it's Um, not possible um so yeah that's i mean i they're trying to get it out by next year um whatever whatever but um yeah so gabriel luna is playing um the okay all but, right yeah i mean he's fine right oh yeah no nothing but i'm just that one's more i'm just laughing at okay um so those are actually big movie stories do you have anything to come up with in tv and movies before i get to some comic stuff i had something but it's it just slipped my mind no so, so roll on all right sounds good Okay, DC Universe, some big stuff here. So, okay. Um, and I read this comic right before you got here to prepare, so I have a little insight. But um, so in the Deathstroke comic that's uh, still going on by Christopher Priest as the okay. main writer. Right, isn't he um, the guy who did a really notorious, famous run on Black Panther right, and right. Quantum and Woody? And yeah, he's um, and he's been doing Deathstroke since the beginning of Rebirth. Um, I read the first volume; it's really good. Excellent. Um, but. Um, so there's a new storyline now that's playing out over six issues called Deathstroke versus Batman, um, which uh, no, no, but no, no, no. Okay, so right. that's a, a initially talk a high me roller, off the ledge. Talk me off the ledge. There's a big twist here that like that's at the heart of this conflict that. I don't know. I'm. It, it, it turns I'm, out. I'm turn- Deathstroke is Batman. No. And Batman is Deathstroke. It turns out that possibly Deathstroke is the biological father of Damian Wayne possibly i'm down with that yeah i'm down with that fix that 
So, get that get yeah. that baggage off of uh, <laughs> Bruce Wayne's back. He doesn't <laughs> well, need it. Well, it's it's interesting because so I wait, was, so wait, what does that mean? That what's her name was just sleeping around. That and like that they had um basically what so what happened in the first issue I read like um Bruce got a hold of a DNA sample and that was like um through this uh, mob boss he was in, investigating um and he got a tip from you know those DNA sampling matching um you know Talia and Slade Wilson um proving them as Damien's biological parents and so um he goes to confront Deathstroke to see if it's real or not and Deathstroke brushes it off said no it's not I mean yeah I had an affair with her but um I you know he's like I sleep around a lot what do you think I mean like I'm Deathstroke uh, right yeah exactly pretty much um and so um, but he instantly claims that he's not his father and like don't worry so it's about an episode it. of Maury like, right right but um <laughs> that but you know so basically that and then Batman at the end says um I'm not letting you operate until this is resolved and like until we, and at, there's a note at the bottom of the issue in the credits that says this story takes place prior to current events in the DC universe so whatever the end result of it it's been resolved in some way. Um, but we don't know, so it's like, um, so it's very possible. So Batman's that, not dead. No, Batman's not dead. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, so that's good. Um, but it's possible that, yeah, their Damien may have a different biological. Father. Wait, 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 wait. Why does that have any meaning? This whole it takes place before the current continuity. What, I don't really what know. That, I mean, what's the significance there? You sounded like I think it, it meant just, something. I don't know. I think it just because, like, I, I thought that was just curious, but. Um, I guess it's just because th- there's a lot going on in the current Batman right now because the wedding is coming up with him and Selena Kyle. Okay. Um, so I so think maybe it, I think she the... falsified the documents so he wouldn't have the baggage of Damien and she could just move forward with her man. It's is that possible? It, I don't know. It's interesting enough for me to want to keep reading and She find used out. her mafia contacts, man. Possibly. So... Um, it's a, I mean, that's a compelling enough story. I thought the issue was pretty well written, um, and I'm interested to in see where it goes. Um, the interesting thing about Damian Wayne is that when he was first created, everyone hated him. I hated him. Yeah. Like, he was arrogant. Yeah, he's he was obnoxious. Bo- yeah, obnoxious. He's grown on me more, especially since Rebirth, and especially since, uh, well, even before that, with New 52, the Tomasi Gleason Batman Robin run. Yeah, yeah. Um, they did a really good job with that kind of building. Well, that was it. I mean, that, that was, was that, that yeah. was the run. So that was I mean, I think that's then. more a matter of you just never read it, um, because I mean, that was real I'm early in Damian. Like, no, I'm yeah, saying, yeah, yeah, sure. Early back then, that, sure, that sure. was kind of the sure. origins of Damian, pretty close, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so. Grant Morris was the original creator, and um, and then boy, he created something that has just got grown wings and flying, yeah, man. Yeah. Damian Wayne is like all the talk, and that's the thing. And in Rebirth, he's played a really him and John Kent, um, Superman's on have played a really pivotal part because they have their own book Smart. now, Super Sons. Smart. Which is ending, um, so, but it, but that's been a fantastic book. Um, they both How many play issues? A, uh, I mean, like, least, one trade or five? No, like, um, it'll, once it's done, probably about three trades. Okay. Maybe, something like that. Right. Um, uh, the, I know two are out. There's okay. at least one more. Okay. Um, so and, three or four. Yeah, something like that. Um, and what else was it? So yeah, I mean, he's played a really big role in Rebirth, and it's and I thought they'd done a really good job developing his character. Um, so this does, I mean, if it turns out um, to be nothing, okay, you know, just make for a fun. If it turns out to be something, something, still so what? Yeah, but like, Bruce is his surrogate father now. He's still his like you know mentor, mentor father. You know, his real. I mean, and Deathstroke you know, is. Miles, I mean, I I I'd say that you might as well make it real. Yeah. Because yeah. there's no downside. I mean, except right. that it's no longer Bruce Wayne's son. Sure. And Bruce Wayne doesn't have a son then. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Yeah. 
What do you want? Mm. Or no horse in this race. I mean, no, I do feel... I was surprised by it when I, like, found out about this and I read the issue, so... Um, you want it to be Bruce's. Yeah, and ultimately. Okay. But I'm not gonna, like, be, like, one of those fanboys that's like, oh my gosh, how dare you betray the... You know, by making Deathstroke the father and all that. I'm not gonna be like that, but... Okay. Um, but, I don't know, it's interesting enough for me to want to keep reading, so nice little, like, um, you know, event comic within a you know, sort of B title. That, Word. Um, but yeah, so I'm interested in that. Interesting. And then okay. the All other right. thing... You D- piqued my interest. Yeah. And then the other thing with DC is Action Comics 1000 comes out this week, wow. which is a landmark Big issue. deal. And... Um, Da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. Bendis is all oh, up dude, in Okay, it. so like... Uh, like I have to pull out... Um, I think... Yeah, I want to grab... Okay, see that X-Men box over there? While I'm I see a this. big Mag- Magneto-looking box That's the here. one. Yeah, yeah. I got okay. my... So my book from Friday in there. See if you can find the terrifics number two while I talk about this. So yes, um, Action Comics one thousand comes out this week. Um, it is a you know of course landmark issue with a ton of creators involved. Of course, Bendis is on there. Um, yeah, there it is. All right, so oh, you know you just passed it. Yeah, open to like the middle of that issue. You'll know what I'm talking about when I see it. It's a big double page ad um, with Bendis's name on it. Uh, let me see if you can find. There it is. Now is that some heavy-handed marketing? All right, so I just showed Rich. So for people that yeah. don't see, can't see, it says it looks like Action Comics logo. Yeah. But instead, the where it would say Action, it says Bendis. Except it's three times the size of any Action Comics logo. When it says Bendis up top, and then instead of Comics, it says Is Coming. Yes. So and it's got a picture of Superman looking really hella smug. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's just like, Yo, Bendis is writing me now. That makes me a boss. Yeah, Because Bendis much. is the man. And now I'm going to get two times as verbose as I've ever been as Superman. Pretty much. Because um, so, he talks a lot. Right. Go ahead. So Dude's Action Comics 1000 is... Yeah, I'll talk about all of okay. that. But Action Comics 1000 will have multiple creators involved. Um, it, you know, Bendis, Tom King, Clayman, um, Tomasi Inglis. Everybody who's a player in DC right now. Yeah, yeah, and especially ones who have worked on Superman, Jeff Johns, um, Richard Donner is actually co-writing the Jeff Johns story, uh, Mark Wolfman, a lot of heavy hitters, so, um, that one will be a really landmark issue, but, um, and then from there, Bendis is, so he's taking over both Superman books, uh, this summer. Prior to that, though, he's doing a six-issue miniseries, which is also called The Man of Steel, and a nice original title. All right. Um, <laughs> um, even though there's already been one um, famous Man of Steel story okay. back in the day by John Byrne. All right. Um, but from, then I read an article just today that said that um, in that storyline, he's apparently going to, you know, I hate when I see headlines of like this, but like, everything you know about Superman will change when you uh, read about that. Yeah, I know. No, so it like, won't. I know, I know. So it's just, you know, it's one of those things you... Um, but yeah, apparently he's going to change some big element of Superman's origin, um, cause that hasn't been done enough. Um, and, you know, right. um, and then he's taking over Superman and action comics in the summer. Okay. Um, I mean, that's fine. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I wish that granted, I know Superman's had a big resurgence and everybody likes him now. Yeah. I, I just wish Bendis was doing a character I cared more about. No, that's fair. I, and I think you, well, I think there's definitely room for that to happen. Yeah. Um, I mean, he'll probably, take a, he'll probably take he'll probably take a world tour through yeah. the DC universe right. over the next 10 years. I mean, uh, it's just, it's just kind of funny that like Bendis, you know, got to be like the man at Marvel for 15 right, right. years. Mr. Marvel, one sure. might almost say. Sure. And now he gets to do that same thing at DC. He has the most 
enviable career of anybody that's ever existed in comics. In comics I mean, I think he has yeah. a more enviable career than Stan Lee. Yeah. I mean, like, oh, that's yeah. how much I would want to be, I'd want to have Bendis' career over, over pretty much anybody else in comics. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, so it should be interesting to see what happens, but oh, I've always said, since, oh, you know, he made the move to DC, I always said, you know, a character I'd really like to see him do... Um, if they, if they could re- revive him is the question that would be really cool. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah. I, I loved um, the uh, the question uh, Rucka stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, Rucka yeah. did that as a backup in Batwoman. Okay, um, yeah, it was yeah, a yeah, really yeah. good run. Um, yeah, and then yeah, they yeah, released yeah. it as a trade. It was a little skinny, little trade, but it was mm-hmm. really solid. Um, very uh, noir. Oh yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Um, really, really good stuff. Right. So, yeah. Because I don't think he's gonna be um, handling Batman anytime soon. Because Tom King's not going anywhere. Right. Um. Which nor, is fine. nor would they want him to. No. No. Right. Um. So, but you know, Superman should be interesting. Okay. Um, cool. So that's all the news I have. Um, all right. It, cool. Do you well, have that's... anything else you thought? No, of? not really. Um. I there is a uh, book. Uh, excuse me. A um. A uh, couple things from Netflix. Um. The uh, Lost in Space came out. I um, want to check it out. And I, I saw a friend uh, rave about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People yeah. are saying it's pretty good. Um, it's, I've never watched the original. So, well, I mean, uh, I yeah. hope not. It was from 64. Yeah. I mean, you know. Um, so, or, I mean, I'm, but I'm like, I, I love vintage stuff. So Really? Like, you want to go back and watch old Lost in Space as retro and like... I've seen old Flash Gordon serials before. So Okay, all there, right. So, so cardboard, yeah. cardboard Robots is it's, cool with oh, you? It fascinates me. Okay, yeah, yeah. interesting. Yeah. All right, I'll take it. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so, the, so they did that remake of, of Lost in Space, but it's not a remake. It's like a reboot. It's all reimagining. Sure, 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 sure. Um, and uh, so that's supposedly pretty good. It's getting good reviews, good sure. reception. Um, also, something that I'm really excited about, a couple things. Um, one is these are actually shifting to HBO. Um there's a series by an author named Jillian Flynn. She yeah, did, yeah, yeah. Um, she did uh, Gone Girl, right, right? But she also wrote two other books. One of them is Dark Places. That was her second novel. Dark Places was made into maybe the worst movie ever made okay. with Charlize Theron and somebody else. Okay. And like she plays like a character who's supposed to be like 21 and she's 45. It's, okay. it's just like she just wanted to be in that movie and yeah, they just yeah. ruined it by doing yeah. that. Sure. Um, and it's a bad movie. Sure. And then number two, her first book. Um, was called um, Sharp Objects. Okay. And that one is being made into a series or like an event series yeah, at, yeah. at HBO. Okay, cool. And nice. that looks amazing. So I've read all the books. Sure. And um, Sharp Objects is phenomenal and it is gut-wrenching. Cool. I'll and twisty as hell. So that's out. coming. Not to mention Westworld. Right. That's um, next week. Right? Next, yeah. two, next yeah. Sunday. Oh, there's a news story. What about it? Westworld. Uh, You don't know about this? Which? Oh, my God. The Rick roll? Oh, my God. I can't believe you don't know the story. Okay. You ready? You ready? It's okay. No no judgment. I read Um, some about the, like, I mean, about the upcoming season. Okay. So, here's the deal with Westworld. Creators Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy, um, they've been dealing with a lot of problems with um, people spoiling their season. Okay, you talked about some of this on that, but I haven't heard nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so what what they've been doing is trying to deal with the fact that um, when they put out their season, there's going to be imagery in it. It's that kind of show. It's a puzzle sure, box sure. show, but not only that, but it's one where they'll like have a black hat on the wall, you know, right, and he'll pick right. it. So it's like very clear. There's very, very well 
um, telegraphed some sure. of the twists that are coming, and if you're really astute, you can figure them out. Which means that for that show, the war, the uh, line between spoilers and guesses and theories is a little blurred because if you sure. spend enough time freeze framing it, you can figure out certain stuff. Right. Yeah. So there's that. So that season, it didn't bother me. I didn't really watch that stuff, and when I did, it was you know whatever. I just avoided the spoilers, and I enjoyed the hell out of that season, making my own theories and finding out what was true. So. They since then they've sort of looked at Game of Thrones, okay. and um, Game of Thrones has this interesting fan base where at least up through book five, uh, they protected the secrets, all the twists, like super vehemently because they knew that it's they had this great experience reading it themselves and they wanted to let viewers have that same experience. So okay. they actually made, took it upon themselves to go on to Reddit and places and 4chan and places like that and police. The spoilers and say that's a spoiler. I'm gonna, you know, you need to delete your tweet, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. So, with that stuff in mind, Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy made an announcement about a week ago, and they said this. They re- released it on Reddit. They said, if this post gets a thousand upvotes, we will post a video. Because of the trouble we had last season with all of the theory slash spoilers uh-huh. and the fact that we've seen this example that Game of Thrones has had. We are going to do something unprecedented and very controversial. We have the full support of our staff, our cast. Everybody has agreed in HBO. And what we're going to do, if you upvote this video, I'm burying the lead here. If we upvote this video, if you upvote this video a thousand upvotes, we will release a video tonight on YouTube with a full story synopsis for season two. Oh, wow. The whole season. They said all of the sordid details, the whole season laid out, and then... That way, people who want to be have the season spoiled on themselves can do that, and the rest of you can then police the community. And so I saw this, and I was like, that's a really cool idea. Okay. Can't believe they're doing it, yeah, but really. that's cool. I'll just avoid it like the plague right. and enjoy the show. So a day later, because, um, of course, I'm not going to follow that like, yeah, yeah, and yeah, watch no, it. No. Uh, a day later, um, it's revealed everywhere that the video was dropped um, because, of course, people upvoted it. Sure. Um, and it turns out that the video starts um, with, oh, God, what's the guy's name? The the main, Bernard, with yeah, Bernard yeah, walking yeah, on the yeah. beach. And it's really good. It's like this sure. really good summary. So he's on the beach and he's walking past um, these bodies. And it says, Bernard, our, seri- our season begins with Bernard walking on the beach. He sees bodies strewn about. And as he looks, it seems as if it's triggering recollections in his mind. But he can't grab onto them and figure out quite what they are. And then it says, people in the blah, 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 blah are all around and they're uh, enforcing, you know, whatever the, the, the enforcer team is that's yeah, there. Yeah, 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 I forget yeah. their name, but sure. they're, they're there like monitoring things and trying to clean up the fallout of the disaster of last season sure. and all that. Um, and then all of a sudden it like, you know, he's like, he doesn't know what he's going to make of it, but certainly something will come back to him. Then he walks into like a pub and there's some flashes to different scenes that look like, you know, they're going to move on to the next plot point. Instead, they go into the pub. And then all of a sudden, somebody starts playing piano, and Dolores is there, and she starts singing um, Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. Oh, that's clever. So it's a a Westworld Rickroll, but they actually, like, dramatically played it out for three and a half minutes, and then there's a piano bass. Right. All the cast there singing, never going to give you up, oh, never going to break you down. And it ended up being a 22-minute video, so people would click on it. But at the end, they have like this really cute dog just like hanging out. 
All right. So basically, that's it was awesome. a big, it was a big hoax. Right, right. Um, that's awesome. But in a really cool way. Because well, I can, I can't imagine they would ever agree to that. So like, they can't yeah, do yeah, that. No, Not no. agree to that, but I mean, they just can't do they that. Can't. Yeah. I no. mean, it would just, it would just be there. There would be people right. that would ruin everything. Right. And there's a very big difference um, between. I'd been really great if it had been released on April Fool's Day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's a very well. Then people would have known a mile away. Yeah, yeah. There's a still. very big difference between having a theory that you're pretty sure is right uh-huh. and knowing it's true. Right, right. There, I mean, fundamentally there is. So just because everybody guessed a lot of the shit that happened that season, until it was actually happened on yeah. that screen, it didn't happen. Sure. And so therefore, but if you had a spoiler video that said for 22 minutes, this is everything that happens, <laughs> that's everything that happens, and that's it. But it was really interesting. So I watched it once I already knew it was a hoax. But right. um, interesting, right? It's, it, cool. You know, big... Uh, Big big nice props to them for yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah, but it also plays in with the show. Now what I'm hoping is that that will somehow this never going to give you up concept or something that they showed in that will actually like have a big like it, it it'll turn out to be a big reveal of some. I sort. think it's possible. Yeah, I mean that that would be a double way to you know. I'd love mess that. With I'd love. But anyway, needless to That's say, cool, as the show begins, we will be reviewing the premiere. Oh, yeah, 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 you're yeah, in. Sure. You're in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Cool. Absolutely. This isn't going to be a Mr. Robot for both of us. Sure. That works. Okay. Cool. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go well into some Westworld. Let's so, um, with that said, um, let's move forward. Okay. Cool. So what we've been watching, reading, let's playing. talk about it. So uh, you want to go first? Or I want, want you to go first. All right. So I actually have I've got a book, a comic, a movie, and a TV show. Beautiful. So, right, so yeah, because I was on vacation. Wait so a second. Sure. I think you're forgetting a play. Oh, I did a play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so why don't actually, we start did, there? Okay, yeah. So um, recently, Kevin went on his graduation trip up to New York yep. to see his long late late, late college graduation late college graduation yeah, trip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Going to New York to see Hamilton. Yep, I did. And um, I can't believe you, you're burying it, but oh, let's I hear know. it. I mean, How was Hamilton? Aside from amazing and life changing. It was amazing, of course. But, um, did it change your life? Uh, I don't know. It changed my okay. life. But it you was, sure I mean, you're the same guy? One of the best shows I, uh, you know, I've ever yeah. seen. But it was just fantastic to see because, I mean, you know, of course I've listened to the soundtrack a thousand times, but just seeing it play out and, um, you know, it's it's great because what I like about it is it's such an ensemble piece. Um the rhythm and momentum that that cast has and that they deliver and they on do it a, on every a double, night sometimes twice a day yes, with they were doing it twice a day that because i saw a matinee showing they had another show that night That's i don't insane. know how they do it um not only you know delivering the thousands of lyrics but um the dancing the movement the acting it's just the intensity the oh, passion in every it's word incredible um and i mean the guy who's playing hamilton right now graduated college in 2013 He's not, he's probably like 27, 28. That's awesome. That's crazy. But, which you have to be young to be in that show because, I mean, it's just, it's, it was exhausting watching them, much less, I can't imagine. I mean, I have a theater background, but I could never do something like that. No, it's intense. Um, but yeah. Under those um, lights with oh, that kind gosh, of expectation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine the sleep you'd have to get, the kind of, the shape you'd have to be oh, in. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, um, I find, go ahead. Go ahead, no. No, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, it was, it, I, it's really cool how they use the stage too, because, so they had like this, uh, rotating ground, which I, uh, the, the floor rotates and spins, which I've seen on other shows too before, but I really liked how they did that, um, because, uh, they use it, um, at the wedding scene, and then at the end when Aaron Burr kills Hamilton, um, so it's just such a creative use of light, sound, uh, you know, stage, um, and yeah, like I said, the ensemble just works so well together. So it's amazingly choreographed, and yeah, it's just a beautiful show. But, nice. Well, yeah. I'll tell you that the the thing for me, I've seen about four or five Broadway plays in my uh-huh. day. Sure. And when I when it's been a long time since you've seen one, and you sit in that theater, and everything starts setting up, and the mood starts getting a little you know tense and, and exciting, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden the play starts, the the musical starts. 
it there's something magical about 30 people on stage yeah. bounding around yep. and singing. Yeah. It's an electricity that you don't expect because you haven't been there for a while. Right. So once you go back, like I saw, when I saw Rent was when I really felt this. And so I'm sitting there in the audience and all of a sudden it's just like December 29th, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. From here on in, I shoot without a script. And then all of a sudden um, he keeps going on instead of my old shit. Um, as soon as they kick into the song and it goes how are we gonna pay how are we gonna pay and then they go and then all of a sudden the people rush in from the sides and they're like how do you da-? I mean and I was just I was like oh my god it's electrifying seeing a play it blows and you away it, yeah. it really knocks you off your feet and you realize why it's such an amazing medium only right. when you see it if you see a play recorded on film now you're, it, you can, you're doing you, yourself a disservice it, it's, it's beyond that it's, it's not even the same thing there's no point now. At that point, you should be watching a movie that is designed for that medium because the energy is the thing you're missing and there's exactly. no substitute for it. And it is an amazing feeling. So I just remember that moment and every time I think of a friend like you uh-huh. going to see a play, I just think, oh man, I bet you he's going to have that great moment at the beginning when yep. everybody jumps out yep. and it's just like, oh my God, you know? And you're it, transported somewhere else. And it's, yeah. it's just intense. Yep, yep. All right. No, I feel like great. So can you go, uh, I know a lot of, we all talk comics, movies, TV, gaming here, everything, but please go support live theater as well. Live theater is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Live theater can be really, really amazing. Yeah. So, um, um, so I did Hamilton. Um, do you want to go do one of my Yeah, do one more. There? So I, um, book I read recently, that this is one that had come out, um, I think about two years ago. Um, you would, of course, love it because Felicia Day um, wrote a memoir um, oh. a couple of years ago. Uh, it's over there uh, on my shelf, but it's called uh, You're Never Weird on the Internet, almost, in parentheses. Okay, um, all right. You would love it. It's a full, so, I mean, of course, Felicia Day is the creator of the Guild. Um, mm-hmm. She's in Dr. Horrible, sing-along blog. Right. Um, just a wonderful geek icon, yeah. um, wonderful writer and actor. Um, uh, started and, uh, Geek and Sundry, which yes. is a really cool uh, yeah. podcast network. Right. So basically, she details all of that and more in her book, um, all of her early life. It's just, it's a really fascinating um, insight into um, just her background, her career. Um, beautifully written. It's both funny and touching. Um, so I read that at the beginning of the week while I was on vacation, but nice. I love that. So um, that's a really good one to check out, whether you're into gaming, comics, TV. Um, it's just, it's a really inspiring story from a writer's perspective as well. Um, just and, about how you take your talent and your unique what makes you right. unique and well and that and also like so it's crazy because like just a quick so like she was uh, homeschooled growing up and kind of had like a loose uh, um, not really a lot of structure there but then um, she was always doing extracurriculars and stuff and she um, discovered that she was kind of a music prodigy okay. pretty early on and was able to get into college that way on a, um, on a scholarship. And nice. So, so that's um, lucky, something a lot of people right, don't have, but still. Right. Luck is, you know, you take sure. your opportunity with your preparation. Sure. But so she majored in, she did a double major in college as math and music, excelled sure. in both, and it Unique. makes me, like, you know, it, it's curious, like, how good she was at both and all that, but, like, but then she graduates, and she realized that as good as she was at both of those, neither of those were her number one passion. Wow. And so she knew she wanted to do entertainment and do a- and pursue acting, um, and it didn't sound before that. And so she took a lot of risks, moved to L.A., um, and then it, she from there she talks about how she got the guild started. Um, but it's an amazing story. So, wow. Um, and inspiring of, for people like you and I. It's very inspiring, a lot of twists and turns to it, um, and she just tells it very honestly and openly. Um, so it's a really cool book. I really recommend checking that out. 
Um, but and then have yeah. So I have also a comic TV show and movie. Okay, I'll go next. Yep. All right. Um, so I re- referred to it earlier. Um, but there is a show on. Uh, HBO, I believe. Yeah, it's called I Barry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I know very little, but I've heard yeah. About it. yeah. So what Barry is is a show by Bill Hader and Alec Berg. I believe Alec Berg has worked yeah. pretty extensively on Silicon Valley. Um, I've heard mixed things about the dude, um, but regardless, um, it's a very interesting show. It is about Bill Hader, who plays a hitman. Um, but as you find out pretty quickly, um, he never really like set out to be a hitman. He uh-huh. just he was in the military. He came back, and like a lot of people, was just like disillusioned. He didn't know what to do. He didn't uh-huh. know where to go. He uh-huh. didn't really have any qualifications or skills. And then a friend of his father's um, from Nam, he says, "This is an idea of the kind of humor." He goes, "All the things your dad did for me back in Nam." And then uh, uh, Bill Hader's character says, "During Nam." Uh-huh. And then he's like, "Yeah, I was. Yeah, but he goes, it was tough being in, uh, you know, Ohio and, and helping out while uh, Vietnam was going on. You know what I mean? Okay. That right, kind of right. stuff." Um, right. But Stephen Root plays uh, this handler. Oh guy. yeah, 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 the guy um, who get out. Oh. Right, right, and yeah. then um, the uh, and then Bill Hader plays this this guy, and they get involved with the Chechenian mob. So Bill Hader goes to. Um, LA to like do a hit for the mob for this Chechenian mob who's very like caricatured and silly uh-huh. and uh, the, the the target of the hit is a drama guy a drama student okay um, and so Bill Hader gets pu- pulled into this he's made like the partner of a of a uh, somebody who's doing a scene and then like the scene gets applause and then Bill Hader's on stage for that applause. So he just feels that that electricity, and he's like, oh my god, this might be my calling. And it's sort of about the trials and tribulations and humor that ensues from that, and from a guy, the way that Bill Hader and, and Alec Burke talk about it, there's a little after each episode, or they like break it down, which I live for those. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and basically they say, this is a story about a guy who um, is really good at, at something, um, but it isn't at all what he wants to be good at. Um, okay. And so he's trying to do something he's not good at at all um and it just so happens to think he's good at his killing okay so and it's so anyway my takeaway is the first episode was pretty entertaining but i was like i wonder where this is gonna go this whole jokes about the chechenians being ridiculous and and kind of like over the top and really lackadaisical about death and then like him and sort of integrating into this group and you know it's it's okay it's pretty entertaining if that show didn't have bill Hader in it i would not watch it like with a 10-foot pole i mean it is i mean it sounds like comedy kind of comedy is like dramedy that would kind of interest me but yeah it's pretty uh, but, mediocre but definitely but, with a persona like that i would be more inclined to check yeah it out. exactly yeah. it's it's so far it's pretty mediocre i'm hoping it picks up i'm like, on, like the third episode episodes. that's the thing too they're okay. short and sweet sure um the first one was better than the second one i'm hoping the third one picks up but yeah. i'm enjoying it but okay. very cautiously optimistic again um one, this is actually a news thing um Documentary now. Every once in a while, I'll check in to see when it's coming back because sure. I'm obsessed with it. Have you seen Documentary now? Because if you haven't, no. like I am jealous of you. Okay. Because awesome. it's that good. All right. Um, they're 25 minute, um, spoofs on documentaries. Oh, cool. Um, and they're hilarious. Nice. I mean, you've got to see it. It's that brilliant. Okay. Um, there's cool. one called uh, Juan's Chicken and Rice about mm-hmm. this. Uh, um, like one of these artisan chefs that like lives on a mountain and like makes only one thing but does it well and it's chicken and rice oh. and then like all these yuppies that come to visit and eat the chicken and rice and the process one goes through to make sure his chicken and rice is the best and it's like this really really big send up of like yuppie food culture oh it's so good you gotta see it I- and there's like five or six others for that season and then five or six of the other Season three is finally coming out next year, and they talked about a couple of the episodes, so that's a little news yeah, yeah. news blip. But anyway, big Bill Hader fan, if you can't tell. Right. Okay. And cool. you're up. Oh, Bill Hader is awesome. Okay. Next, it's a comic. Um. So 
as you know, and I've talked about the podcast before, big fan of Jeff. It's not in that pile. Um, it, okay. I'm a big fan of Jeff Lemire's Bloodshot Run. Okay. Um, and he's been doing it. He's been doing about, I think he's done close to 30 issues now. So wow. 20, somewhere 25 to 30, he did Bloodshot Reborn. That was four volumes. Bloodshot USA, which was a direct continuation. And now he's on to Bloodshot Salvation, which is right over here. I might, if you want to look at it. Yeah, I do. Um, so basically, I mean, like I said, uh, Bloodshot is one of the Valiant characters who most popular when um, the Valiant reboot first started. Um, I liked the character, was not like ultra fan. I didn't, you know, wasn't as interested in him as I was Exo Man of War, Quantum Woody, etc. But ever since uh, Jeff Lemire took over the book um, in the past couple of years, it has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, so yeah, you've been talking about this, and it, it does look fantastic. It looks amazing. The story is great. Um, so Bloodshot Salvation picks up uh, after the events of Reborn and um, so he's, and USA. Okay. So he's doing these things in like five part um, like minis. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like and they, they, they continue. Stuff. I mean, no, but, it's all the same. Like uh, you know, the continued storyline. But, but this um, isn't issues ten through fifteen. It's issues one through five right, of a new mini. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. All right. Um, and so uh, Bloodshed Salvation picks off where the organization that created him um, is no more, but is starting to resurface in the form mm. of uh, Project Omen. Um, and like uh, Bloodshot Reborn, it starts with um, Ray Garrison trying to put behind the Bloodshot life forever. He now has a wife and daughter um, and is trying to get away from all of that. Um, but of course, is brought back to the fold. And the main reason here is that um, so his daughter, it, he's worried that will turn into um, what he because, was. Right, because um, the nanites may have been transferred to her genetically. Um, and of course they do. So you, I mean, you can, that's not a spoiler. There's no um, May. I'm looking right. at the there, cover, and she's cover. like rocking out. Yeah, you she's see it on the cover. nanite infested. Right. And so, um, but also, um, he gets a, a call, uh, like this stalker from his wife's uh, past, who is like the head of this cult um, in Ohio, um, and is trying to come after her and everything. So of course that's not going to keep him caged long for long. He goes after this guy in the cult, gets into all kinds of trouble there. But also, I love there's, cold stories. Um, there's like there's all that going on. But also, this storyline it does an interesting, a little more different than um, the previous runs in that um, it's told in a non chronological fashion because um, he had Lemire has all these scenes that takes place in the future um, where supposedly Ray Garrison is dead um, and the wife and daughter uh, are on the run um, facing you know the new organization that spawned up. Um, Interesting. Know, so, so it's a good way to it's a good way to give, um, you know, a, an impending drama. Yes. You know this is coming, but yes. you don't know how. Exactly. Um, so there's so much going on in it. Um, the art is just phenomenal, and yeah, I mean, I would recommend. You know, I know we are valiant evangelists here, oh, for and, sure. we, and so um, if you haven't checked out the Valiant Universe, cannot encourage you enough to. Um, and you know, with Bloodshot. Yeah, I mean, I would go ahead and just read, you know, all of Lemire's run. You can pick up, you know, Reborn in USA and trades. The first Salvation trade is out as well, and that's ongoing right now. Um, so pick it up at your. Oh, it's time. ongoing. The, uh, so they're on episode like six. Yeah, like that. Yeah, so they're oh. like, um, like I said, I mean, that's kind of what Reborn did too. There were like oh, four the... volumes of that. Oh, um, okay, so like, I didn't realize that. Okay, yeah, yeah, my yeah. fault. And then, well, it's, I mean, he's come up with different names for it, but it's all been like his run. But yeah, so far he's had. Reborn USA and Salvation. That's a really clever so, way to handle the number one issue. Yeah, it, it is. It is. And each one you could read from the start. You could, yeah. 
I would, granted, I would recommend just starting with the beginning of the Liram, Liram, Liram run and going from there. Um, you can also check out the ones before that, too. Like, um, forget the, that was Dwayne, uh, Swarzynski. Swarzynski, that's right. Uh, um, and so his run was more like when Bloodshot is just Bloodshot. And, and much more Amtrak. like Punisher. Right, very Punisher-esque. Um, and then, like, and so a lot of crazy action and really good stuff. This one is more, it's still that, but it's also a Much really, more of fa- a character study. really fascinating character study. Exactly. Interesting. So, cool. highly recommend Bloodshot Salvation. I'm going to do it. We're going to um, do a quick uh, a quick hits right through this pile. All right, all right. So, how's White Knight? Fantastic. Yeah. What's it What's it about, real quick? Like, what's going on? It's an um, imaginary tale. Imagine what would happen if Joker were the protagonist. And um, basically, he um, is, you know, recovers, like, after, and. Um, Start becomes a political figure and makes Batman the enemy of the. How many how many issues are there total? There'll be? be seven total. Is that the? Oh, this is the final. Oh no, there's yeah. eight total. It says eight. Okay, seven or so eight. Yeah. My okay. fault. So, yeah. um, so you're on the second I'm to last. Up. I'm catching up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Um, next up, Action Comics. Obviously, no need to talk about right, this, but get, this is nine nine nine. Yeah. Wow. And you're getting ready 1, for a thousand this week. Yep. Oh look, this kid has a hat on that says one thousand on it. Yeah. That's kind of yeah. clever. Okay. Uh, Mr. Miracle, how's it continuing? I haven't read the most recent, but it's good. It's yeah. It's a, How was the end of arc one? Really good. I mean, like, did it have any kind of conclusion, or is it just straight up? There's a big twist at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Is it a good one? Yeah. Cool. Doomsday Clock, how's it progressing? It's like, I mean, it looks, I mean, it's a, it's wonderful art by Gary Frank, of course, and Brad Anderson. I think it's a little too, like, expository and kind of taking a while for anything yeah. big to There's happen. There's too many issues. 12 issues? They really need 12 issues? No, I think it could have been done in six. Easily. Or like, um, but I know they're trying to map, they're trying to make it as close to Watchmen as they possibly can. And in that, they're kind of like, it's trying a little too hard, I think. Bad idea. You um, should do your own thing. I mean, there's a very good reason why. I mean, Alan Moore's yeah. Alan Moore anyway. Right, right. There's a pretty good reason why Alan Moore was just like, you know, I'm done. I mean, there are some things that have happened that are kind of cool, but, I mean, like, Osmandius and Lex Luthor have a face-off in issue two. Okay. Um, Batman's thrown Rorschach, the new Rorschach, into Arkham. Who writes this? Doesn't even say. Jack Johns. Yeah. Oh, okay. Really doesn't even say. Really? Okay. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, they do it kind of. I mean, but it is cool to read because there are like no. Oh, ads there it is in the very back. I there found are it. like there are no ads. It has that kind of classic feel to it. Cool. Um, so I mean, it looks gorgeous. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's the Terrifics. Like, Terrifics is fun. It's like DC's Fantastic Four. So DC is unabashedly doing um like a series of like kind of mini series that have spawned out of Dark Knight's Metal that are very much based on Marvel characters. Oh, that's so funny. The Terrifics is based on Fantastic Four. Oh, my God. So, oh, no, look Does at it. Does this guy have a... Be- Wait, is the main character um have, have a stretchy man. body? Yeah, yeah, that's possible. Oh, right, like, that's I mean, right. Okay. Um, and, um, no, it's. I mean, it's unabashedly... Um, I wonder why they're doing that. That's weird. It's kind of fun. I don't know. Sideways is like Spider-Man. Um, okay. Rampage is Hulk. Um, the Curse of Brimstone is Ghost Rider. How's Baby um, Teeth continuing? Baby Teeth is still awesome, yeah. Is I it? Re- Good I, twist? I, I just picked up that issue, so I haven't read it yet. How have the twists been? Cool. It's really cool, because it's like, there's this, like, whole other dimension that they've entered now, like, uh, the supernatural realm. Um, it's really cool. Um, so, yeah, I highly recommend that. Astonishing X-Men. I'm behind on, so... I, yeah, but is it good so overall? Yeah, it's fun. It's Charles Soule? Yeah. Okay. I really like Charles Soule's um, Curse Words. That's a really fun book. Oh, you dig that? Yeah, yeah we got yeah, that yeah, in yeah. our bundle. I, I, I've been plowing through everything in the bundle. Oh, have you? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. they're very convenient to read. Very convenient, and yeah, so... Awesome. Um, okay, cool. So yeah, me, that's all me, my comments. Let me hit something up. Go ahead. Um, so, I saw this amazing thing. It is called Unforgotten. 
forgot. It okay. stars Nicola Walker and I believe his name is Sanjeev Baskier or some, right. something to that effect. Um, it, it is a British. Um, no, no, go figure. It is a British um, sure. miniseries. Okay. It, it aired in 2015, the first series. Um, and um, the reason it caught my attention is because um, Masterpiece, uh, which is on PBS and does uh, Masterpiece Mystery, which is you know what got me into Poirot and all that stuff in the first right, place, right, right. Um, they are doing the series right now. So if you want to catch it, you can catch it. The first episode was last Sunday. The second episode is tonight as we record this, and it's going to keep going. And there actually there has been two series in the UK, Series 1, which is six episodes, and Series 2, which is six episodes. <clears throat> Each one is an individual case. Um, the I went and you know tracked it down myself because I can't wait for it to come on Masterpiece because once I saw the first one, mm-hmm. I was like, this is amazing. Gotta yeah. watch it. So it's really, um, it's cold cases, okay. um, but it's incredibly well done. So you know okay. I watch a lot of British stuff. Sure, sure. When, no, I didn't know that. Right, no, right. <laughs> so as I watch British stuff, I am often like thinking, okay, this is a pretty good serviceable mm. murder mystery miniseries. I will watch this and I will enjoy it like, 7 or 8 out of 10, you know, level, even if it's only a 5 out of 10 quality, right? Um, because I just love the genre so much, you know, kind of like some, probably you and super, certain superhero stuff. Sure. You just love it, and right. even if it it's isn't, like, a masterpiece. It's comfort it, 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 yeah. Right, it does its job really well. Right, right. Um, and that's all, even though it doesn't break any sure. break any boundaries. Sure. Um, this time, as I started watching Unforgotten, at first I was like, why do I give a shit? This is basically about... Um, a body that is discovered in a basement. It has been buried 39 years ago. Um, and it's all about them discovering who it was and who murdered him and um, what those people are doing today. So very standard. It seems it. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, yeah, but with the with the cold case twist and also with the... Which is very popular, sure, no sure. doubt. But also... Um, yeah, so yeah, pretty, pretty typical. Sure. However... This one has the highest quality acting and writing of any that I've seen in a long time. So okay. the reason I bring up that long story about when I watch stuff. No, it's not, when yeah, I started yeah. watching this, I was like, oh my god. It is not that different from any of those things, but it's just quantifiably straight up better in every way. The acting is better. The writing is tighter. The plotting is deft. The characterizations are just so right on. It's just, it's fantastic. And basically what it comes down to, because I'm going to need to give a little more info for anybody to be at all interested in this. So, Where did um, you say you watched it on again? So you can, it's on Masterpiece right now. Masterpiece, I okay. tracked it down myself on right, you cool. know DVD and whatever. But sure. but you can get it, it's on Masterpiece on PBS right now. It's, okay. You can watch it on demand or whatever. Gotcha. But what it is, is, like so, like, so if you listen to me week after week talking about British mysteries and you want to watch something that's an absolute exemplary of the genre, this is the one to watch for now. Okay. So what it is, is her and her partner, the detective Nicola, she's a, a older white uh, woman, she's about 50, and uh, her partner who is um, Indian-British, whatever you call it, he's like a, of Indian descent, but he's British. Okay. Um, and the two of them discover this body. And, and the first episode is like, who is this? What is this? What happened to him or her? But they find out it's a him pretty quickly. Um, and then, of course, they have to go through for about 10 minutes. Like, why should we care? If this person was buried 39 years ago, um, there's murderers on the streets right now. Why are we going to go after mm-hmm. this? And, and they make the case very compellingly that if these people, if people that are affected by this murder are still alive then we owe them to let them know what happened and how it happened and to punish whoever is responsible for it. Um, and then, um, so what happens is the episode starts, you see the cold case crew solving, you know, working it, dusting it, and it's really interesting and high tech. So, like, for example, they, they have to track down, like, 
they find a car key and they have to look at the engraving and then they go to the car dealership and they find out what that engraving actually means and then they then they find out the car was stolen they hit a huge setback then they find out where the car ended up some weird way then i mean so they just do it in this really systematic and then nicola walker who plays the lead detective uh, i think her name is cassie she's just brilliant in it and she's so single-minded and focused the performances she's she's one of those virtuosic um british female performer she's been in tons of stuff and she's just always great and just like you know british actors in my opinion are 10 to 15 percent better than almost any american actor in most cases and she's definitely in that category um and so basically she's just single-minded on this and 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 pushing it pushing it pushing it until they finally figure out get tracked down this little notebook this is all episode one Uh they find this little notebook and it's got a couple names in it um, and so that's 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 their story that's going on. But sp- separated throughout that story, they just show you these interesting vignettes of other people's lives. One of them is this very wealthy um, guy who's about to be made the international business czar. Um, another one is um, this husband and wife, black guy, white wife, and they like coach a soccer team. And um, they're very in love with one another, but their son died many years ago, and um, so the wife sort of takes on these soccer students as like sort of surrogate kids, right. and it's very nice. The next one is uh, this guy, Mr. Slater, and his wife, and the two of them, um, She's she basically needs a care home, and he's like, we're going to stay here, it's going to be fine, and she's got like dementia and memory issues, and it's very like, you really get involved in their story quickly, like, boy, yeah. you know, this woman just wants to be safe, and etc. And then the fourth one is... Um, let me think what the fourth one was because it's important. Um, the fourth one, oh yeah, priest Robert Greaves, and he um, he is basically like you find out there's some money missing from the church, and he may may or may not be responsible. Uh-huh. So you start seeing these stories, and they're so interesting. So normally it would be annoying. It'd be like, why? Okay, we're just doing this cold case. Why are we checking out all these people? Or you would just be like, well, somehow they're going to be involved. Whatever. But it just basically just shows you these five stories, the cold case and these four stories. And then at the end, the, the cold case team opens up this little notebook and goes through all the names that are in this little notebook. And then as they go through the names, it flashes to each of the four different families yeah. that you've been watching. And it's like, Ooh. these are the four, this is how they're tied in. They were all written in this dead guy's notebook. And it doesn't seem like it would be, but it blew my, my hair back. I mean, it is so compelling and excellent and then it doesn't let up it's fantastic and fascinating and you know there's ties to like you know uh one of the characters turns out to have been a former skinhead um there's there's affairs there's murder there's um uh, homophobia i mean you name it everybody's life just gets there's mob connections and then it's like but out of all of this what is really like how did this guy actually die okay and then all of the fallout for these families and all again all of that broad church has done similar things other shows have done similar things this show just does it better it's fantastic any of the creators from other stuff you want i mean no except that in england it's different so in england i mean his name is i think andy something andy clark or something like that but in england instead of having a writer's room there's a, a writer okay, um, because okay. they get a lot more time and there's only six episodes right, a season right. or three with Sherlock. Yeah, you know? no, I mean, Sherlock so, was, yeah, right. So yeah. they have one guy that basically does it. So yes, there do become these these virtuoso creators who who, who write sure. things one after another. Like Jack Thorne is one of those that's... Yeah, I, I think, think it was Jack yeah. Thorne actually. Oh, really? Was, okay. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Anyway. That'd be interesting. But he okay. did... Yeah, I think he did this actually. But, but 
one guy wrote it and directed every episode. You know, That's so right, it's yeah. very very single singular vision, right? Right, um, and and very tightly plotted and and just and it's brilliant. Just, it's interesting seeing that when you watch that, and then compare it with like American shows who some that sometimes go through like three showrunners. You know, exactly. Um, and very dozens of writers and so. feel very different because yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, they don't have yeah. that single mindedness. Sure. So so yeah, I'd heard of him, but I didn't like. It wasn't like certain people. Like I'm like, oh my god, like Anthony Horowitz. If he does something, I know I'm gonna like it. Whereas with this, I was just like, I recognize that name. I know he's legit. Yeah. But I don't know exactly how I know that name. But I know Jack. Well, it's interesting. I haven't really experienced his works yet, but he has, his name has popped up as um, he was originally attached to the Sandman movie, which has been you know done and canceled a million times. Um, he was uh, well, he did that the Harry Potter play that's on Broadway, um, and then he was uh, attached to Star Wars Episode Nine at one point. Was um, he really? Yeah. So There's he, something. He's one of those like that's like. So popular in Britain that um, he's that he actually like, made the transition it, right, over, right? Like, yeah, yeah. So um, American, you know. Um, I think actually, I think. Wait a second. I think it might. Let's see here. Is it him? I don't think. Yeah, there it is. Sandman pre-production. His Dark Materials. Um, Philip K. Dick's American Dreams. Last Panthers. Where is it? So I don't think it's. Okay. But he was involved in the fades. Oh no, I know, there was a different connection that brought me okay, to the fades. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, let me see here one second. Okay. Um, there it is. Unforgotten. Nicola Walker. Sanjeev Baskar is his name. Okay. Chris Lang uh, right. is the guy. So again, I, I'd heard of him. Okay. Kind of cool. like I'd heard of Thorn. You sure, know? sure, sure. But he did the tunnel. Um, he did a couple episodes of Inspector Morse. He did a thing called The Glass. Um, Primeval. Okay. Um, so he's had he, in Amnesia. Um, he he's been did the voice of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, Sir Cadogan's voice. Oh, okay. Cool. So I yeah. mean, just just different stuff. Right, um, cool. But it's just so well done. So anyway, if you hear me uh, prattling on to use okay. some British speak about great British TV, this is one that just watch the first episode, and I have a feeling you'll be gripped. It's okay. fantastic. And then as the things are revealed, and as you learn about these characters, none of it feels cheap, even though it's you know there's titillation, even though there's you know stuff that's like the utmost drama but it doesn't feel like oh my god that was a cheap trick it yeah, always yeah, feels yeah. well earned and well written so okay, anyway cool. unforgotten man check well, it I'll bring out. over the DVD sometime I'll check it out excellent, yeah. Yeah. excellent. All right, cool. cool sweet what's um, up okay. what you got let's see I'll do a TV show since we're on that um, just go ahead and finish out because I'm pretty much done okay, done. okay cool so a TV show This. so this is one I remember seeing ads for in comic books like a few years ago yeah uh, only ran one season because it's based on a graphic novel but I don't know if you checked it out Winona Earp uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, Did you watch it? No, know, but I'd heard of it. It's uh, yeah. sci-fi? It wasn't sci-fi. Okay. And, um, so it's all on Netflix now. It, like I said, it only ran one season. All right. Um, but it's, I mean, that's the kind of stuff I are you in? Are you in a Western mood after, what's it called? After what's The other thing on Netflix uh, um, that you watched last year that you liked. Uh, oh, the Godless. Horse training. Yeah, 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 Godless. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've always uh, liked Western. And, I mean, this is Western meets, you know, Supernatural. Meets right, comfort right. food. Right, exactly. So, I mean... Um, yeah, I mean, basically, she's the descendant of Wyatt Earp, the classic gunslinger. Nice. Um, and so he's hunting demons and all that. And um, she's sort of like Jessica Jones-esque, not to that level of dark. It, that's why I like, too. It's, it's a nice bridge. It's not super, super dark, um, but not, you know, campy. Like, light, light, it's nice middle ground there. You get, like, PG, very PG-13 kind of thing um, of just, like, you know, she doesn't want anything to have to do with her family's name but she comes back um to town because a family member died and you know gets tossed back into all this 
demon hunting and whatnot, and so she becomes part of this um, special, you know, uh, team to hunt down all these demons. Is it modern day? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But she's in the West? I don't get it. Well, it has like a Wild West feel to it. But it's it's modern. It's modern, um, but she still has the old classic, the gun and everything like that. With silver bullets and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's a lot of fun. How far in are you? Just a couple episodes. I started it right before we left for New York, and then... I barely watched any TV on the trip because the Wi-Fi wasn't like in the room and mm-hmm. we were doing too much anyway. Um, but and then I just watched another episode the other night. So and it's um, great. Yeah, it's good. It's a lot of fun. Um, so I recommend checking it out. What but made I, you I, watch it? Did you say? I was just browsing Netflix one oh, night and okay. I, I remember I remembered when it came out, like seeing ads for it in comics because I'm pretty sure it's a Virgo graphic novel that it's based on. Um, if I'm not mistaken, so it showed up in all the DC comics back when it first premiered. Um, and I just, I just don't really watch sci-fi live a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it popped on Netflix. I'm like, eh, one season, I can get to that. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I like the actress a lot. Um, and then like, you know, supporting characters like her sister, um, one of the guys on this little squad here, who's the villain. Um, uh, but it, it's good. It's good effects. Um, got the Wild West setting there, um, in, in modern day. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of fun. So I'd recommend checking that out. Um, and I, you know, I don't know how accurate it is the graphic novel or not, but, um, but it's worth checking out. So, uh, I checked out that and then A Quiet Place is my next one. Awesome. All right. right, So this movie, all I do is hear 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Oh my God. It's God's gift to films. Oh my God. I was not suspecting this from John Krasinski. Oh my God. It's so cute that it's he and, and, uh, Emily Emily Blunt and they're married in real life. Right. And oh, it's so cute. And he's the nicest man in Hollywood. And this film is so freaking brilliant. I can't believe it. That's all I heard too. It, It came out while I was on the trip. And so I saw it a week later. Um, and so, yeah, I had all that hype and everything. And, like, I try not to go in with those expectations anyway. Um, but I really liked it. I would not, I would definitely not say, like, I mean, oh, my gosh, modern horror masterpiece, best movie. I mean, no. I just don't get what's going to be that great about it. I'm trying to imagine myself in that movie. It was very good. Well, I think the most interesting thing about it is that, so I read about it right before. Like, you know the basic premise. Like So, yeah, so give me, just give me your take. Basically, the monsters, they're in this town that's been overrun by monsters, like, um and the monsters are blind but they attack sound so they only attack sound and so um there's this family and um their daughter is deaf so they primarily communicate through sign language anyway right so now they just have to live out um and survive in a completely um, quiet existence in a completely quiet existence and make you know and so and they all the so have a baby on the way too so they're trying to um and they already lost one child um uh, to the monster at the, in the at the beginning, um, and so now they're just trying to survive, and they're trying to figure out how to have the baby without you know attracting the monsters attention right. and everything. Um, so um, yeah, I mean it's a very simple plot, but when totally I totally silent. So the, the thing about it is, I read about it right before I went. They did an original cut without any sound whatsoever because Krasinski wanted to see what it would look like there. Then they went back and incorporated. So they're uh, like dialogue wise there's about two scenes about pretty much um and early then, or late um one about midway through and then one toward the end okay. um and then uh, but for the most part it's not them talking there's of course you know all the monster sounds um and then the music anything like that but i mean especially the first that first 10 minutes is hardly any i mean like even just a minor sound you know 
is um, you don't really hear anything. Also, um, um, I was I was watching right. a uh, John Krasinski doing Anatomy of a Scene on uh, Vanity uh-huh. Fair, and yeah. I recommend to anybody who is interested, even just in thinking about yeah. this movie, to check it out. Sure. Because um, he gives a little summation of where he got, like, why he got into this idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were original screenwriters who wrote it, and then right. he rewrote it. Right. Um, and so he talked about, like, how the, how the uh, movie affected him and why. I, um, and how it's a family story at its core. Um, but he also talked about, he said, we hired a deaf actress for the daughter. And yes. he said, for me, that was non-negotiable. And the yes. reason that was non-negotiable, and I love when he said this, it didn't feel PC. It felt honest. Yeah, I think that's why people like him. He's very yeah. honest, yeah, yeah, and no. true and real. Cool. Yeah. Um, in a way that's not politically motivated. Yeah, he yeah, feels yeah. genuinely yeah. like a good guy because he is one. Um, but anyway, so he says this was non-negotiable, and he says one because authenticity mm-hmm. and representation. Mm-hmm. But two, and perhaps more importantly, um, I needed a guide to understand yeah. what it's like living with a family when you can't hear yes and all the things that you would never guess that would come up and he said and, and part of that was every time you see from her perspective you they show her hearing aid it's like a cue that it's her perspective mm-hmm. and then from that moment forward it's complete silence so you see what it yes. would feel like to be her and that is very interesting whether or not i would enjoy this movie it's a fascinating concept no and that was fascinating for me and i fully agree with that and um, and yeah, I just really like how they did that, how the attention to detail there, um, like I said, it's not, you know, a terribly detailed plot, nor did it need to be, uh, but the attention to detail they put in showing you what it's like through her lens, um, and also, be, you know, because it is a small class, it's just mainly the family, and there's, like, one other character that pops up later on, it's barely even a character, it's more like a scene, um, and then the monsters, but, um, they do a good job of, it's not just following him around, it's following, like, they do a good job. There's um, because basically there's a scene where he goes off with his son to go collect fish. Um, they have, you know, they, and then um, eat, right? right, and he and the daughter have a strained relationship a little bit, and so she wanders off and stuff, and um, and then the Emily Blunt's character is back as she as she's about to have the baby, um, and so that's where that of course leads to the climax because they're all separated, um, and so it does just a really good job diving into the daughter's character and into his and their relationship. And the whole familial aspects. And I thought um, the subtlety there was really nice. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I wouldn't call it, like, Get Out, oh, my gosh, mind-blowing horror what movie. Get Out Get Out was, like, three different things at once. Right, um, right. It was a twisty kind of whodunit sure. mystery. It was a, that that's probably the third of the things sure. that it is. But I, I like that aspect. Sure. Sociopolitical. It, sociopolitical thriller, uh, thriller yeah. slash, uh, you know, something interesting, talk, making a statement. Commentary, yeah, yeah. Commentary, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And horror movie. Yes. It was all three of those right. things at once. And it did and, them and so flawlessly. It, it yeah. did them flawlessly. Right. I, almost flawlessly, oh, well, yeah. yeah right. Very, very well. All right, sure. Um, and, um, and yeah, so it, it transcends, you sure. know. And that's why when I heard about how great this is, I'm just thinking to myself, I don't understand how it's going to be that great not because I don't think the execution will be that yeah, excellent, yeah. but because I don't see the building blocks there for something that is going to blow my mind or move me. Yeah. Um, no, I, mean, I didn't feel like that, but um, it was just cool being in a theater where no one made a sound the entire movie. That's I mean, cool. And, like, I mean, it's only 90 minutes, but still, that's, like, it was just very refreshing not to hear one phone go off, not to make, like, uh, anyone make, like, you know, anything like that. It, everyone yeah. 
it grabbed everyone's attention. That you know, and that so, is a really interesting yeah. perspective. That that it actually um, was contagious. Yes. The silence yes. in a really interesting way. Very much. So. Boy, that would have been fucked if somebody's phone went oh, off gosh, and wrecked that, oh, wouldn't yeah. it? I mean, I even I was trying to make sure my chair didn't go off because sometimes like I have to just adjust, make little yeah. adjustments while I'm like, yeah. and you normally have a deal, but I'm like. Please don't turn. Yeah, like, we're in a place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, can, is this chair have quiet like, place mode right, on it? Right, right, and so for when oh. you're seeing a quiet place, <laughs> exactly. I, I wish cell phones would have a quiet place mode. Right, that'd right. be cool. Yeah, that's a stupid joke. Anyway, um, so it was good. <laughs> so it was very good. I mean, um, I give it you know solid eight out of ten, something like that. Yeah, you know? like yeah. um, you know, definitely didn't have that mind blowing, but I only to, oh, I heard from like one guy I went to college with like early on that um he hated it so I don't know that was like the are there any one. surprises or is it just like let me let me just tell you what I see this movie to be um family is um being super quiet because they have to be deaf daughter they're communicating mm-hmm. in sign language it's kind of punchy and and impactful when they're doing their sign language at sure, the table sure. it feels it got punch to it you see him doing sort of his gestures and it's very you know momentous mm-hmm. in, in, in its in its in its understatedness then the movie progresses they go and they do the things they have to do to survive you sort of see the how how their life has been um uh reduced because of this threat um they have little little normal family little strife issues um and like maybe a monster like comes and like scares you about 30 minutes in to like let you see that the threat is out there uh-huh, uh-huh. then the move they sort of like they get through that they're all grateful it bonds them a little then it starts to lead towards its climax um and uh you know the, for whatever reasons the different strain between her and her dad i wouldn't have guessed that mm-hmm. but that could have been it it separates them all the mom is going to have a baby and so it's this really interesting concept of you know there's birth but then there's so much death around mm-hmm. them and they mm-hmm. use that you know for mileage and then like it leads to a big climax where the monsters are all descend upon him and somehow this dad has to save his family i mean is that the movie pretty much but like uh, yeah i, I mean is there any surprises I, I just can't i can't imagine or is it's it just like one thing that i mean i'm trying not to spoil you don't it, have don't, like don't yeah. yeah yeah but i really would encourage you to see it in a theater because it makes the it's one of those kind of experiences. i think i might like, actually yeah, as much yeah. as i just chat all over it there yeah i think i actually would maybe enjoy seeing it no, for, the, for that yeah, reason yeah. yeah um and it's and a, it, oh, okay. good characters yeah, oh, very good characters, and like, and that's the thing. I mean, in a movie like that where you have to rely totally on physical facial expressions and uh, body movements is really hard to do, and they did it amazingly. That's well. impressive. Um, There's no question that that's impressive. Yeah, I mean, they. I mean, of course, you know, the chemistry between Krasinski and Emily Blunt would follow us, but also with the kids, they just really felt like a family. Um, believe that the whole time. Um, and I like the look of the monsters too. They they look a lot like the Demogorgons from Stranger Things. Cool. Um, so definitely that was a plus. That's for a me plus. There. Anything yeah. that's like uh, right. uh, uh, Stranger Things adjacent yep, yep, is yep. all a win. Cool. Well, and also they were originally talking about making this into a Cloverfield movie. I can't believe which, that. I know. Yeah. yeah Please stop been, doing yeah. that. I know. I know. And I know. I, this worked so much so well as a standalone horror thriller. So. Um, well, it's yeah, also it's doing incredibly well. Yes, so good, is. way, way, way exactly. happy for for him. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that he was able to um, usurp the prize from right. Ready Player One. Right. Ready Player One is not number one anymore yeah. because a quiet place is. Yeah. What? So what? Yeah, right. go see it. I mean, not like yeah, my favorite movie of the year or anything like that, but very good. Excellent. Cool. Um. Alrighty. Well. Um. Is that it? That's it. Okay. Me. Cool. So I'm gonna uh, hit pause here, and then we will move on to our. Uh, review of Ready Player One. That uh, sounds good. Okay, so All we right. are back. 
um, and ready to talk about Ready Player uh, One, right? It's yeah. I was I was saving that one for three three whole seconds. Yeah, saving, three whole seconds. Sa- saving you didn't that, plan that, that for weeks and events. That gem. Yeah. No, no, no. Just just right. three or four seconds, maybe five. Okay. Know. All right. So let's talk about it. Um, I so so when we first heard about this movie coming out, it seemed like it was a ways off. Don't you feel like you've been hearing about it for a while? Yeah. I mean, they, well, they had the first trailer back at San Diego Comic Con last year. And then, but even before that, before I was that, hearing about like, oh, he yeah. had the rights for right, years right, and years, right, and right. you know he was going to make it. And then it oh, seemed yeah, like it was getting delayed. It seems like yeah, it seems like they were having maybe some trouble figuring out how to execute on it sure, or something. Sure, sure. Um, but anyway, it, it eventually we found out it was going to come out March of this year. Uh-huh. Um, that was that was exciting, and it definitely started to have the feel for me of like a Jurassic Park or okay. like a because I. I was around when Jurassic Park was coming out, sure, and, sure. and that feeling of like this is one of those movies where it's like a Spielberg movie. It's coming out. It's going to be really exciting, and it's going to be, um, I don't know, it's just just a certain core cinematic joy okay. that you get out of a Spielberg movie, like in Indiana Jones, sure, right? Sure, sure. Um, and I, I really was expecting some of that to come back, although I was also cautiously optimistic. So, so there was that. Um, also, you know, we know um, the source material is this 80s reference-filled galore yes. thing. Um, and so there's been a lot of sort of, or was a lot of, you know, early backlash. There was also, you know, everybody was like, oh my god, look, it's Tracer from Overwatch. And right. oh my god, it's the Iron Giant. That That's was, awesome. Yeah, that was what got me. And, yeah. Right. <laughs> but then also it was, oh my god, it's a bunch of references just thrown out there to try to play with people's heartstrings and nostalgia. And that was my skepticism, too. You know, I, mean, like, I know yeah, Jordan yeah. had mentioned some trepidation uh regarding that he's like i don't just want to see something that is just a you know a conglomeration of right. 80s references just for the sake of the me 80s sure. references so there was sort of you know some some pluses and minuses with that whole thing obviously it it was a smart move because it did uh uh the author um klein um definitely did well out of this whole thing yeah, um, you know yeah. he what's really interesting about him actually i saw him on sunday morning talking about this he was uh broke poverty case oh, and yeah. he he grew up in a trailer and when he thought of this book um and he thought of the stacks these stacks of trailers that the main character lives in it was based on his childhood and him using his brain and saying what is the he hated his trailer park yeah. he's like what can i imagine that would be worse than a trailer park and he was like i got it stacks, stacks of trailers of yeah, yeah, so yeah. so it comes from a very genuine place about trying to escape where you're okay, from in a virtual way and in a real way sure. which is which is cool so i like that about it i also like that it's definitely a cinderella story for him so ernest klein was broke he had a wife and a kid or a couple kids they were living you know just a very meager normal existence uh-huh. when he wrote this book he sent he wrote it he worked on it hard he sent it off and in 24 hours there was a bidding war for the rights and all of a sudden he went from never having written a book or a short story or anything before to being a published author with a book people were bidding you know, hundreds of thousands if not millions yeah, on incredible. I mean it is yeah. a huge rags to riches story not only that but now he's like take his house if you see it because they show you clips it's like geek culture central oh, all the yeah. stuff he always wanted but could never afford and and you see him and his wife like on set with Spielberg and so Spielberg had him co-write the screenplay right and also had him and his wife there like for you know as a as an you know authoritative guide on all things geek culture all throughout the screen, the filming um, and he and Spielberg is on film saying oh it was so great you know to be able to 
have him there as this ultimate reference on geek culture and blah, blah, blah. Well, they asked him. They were like, so wait, so you could call Spielberg right now? You know, what was it like being with your idol? And then you could call him right now on your phone? He was like, well, um, I could get in touch with him if I needed to. I'd have to call his agent and then they'd have him call me back. He goes, I don't think he just gives out that number. But he goes, if I needed to get in touch with him, I could. So that that was interesting. No matter how high you go up, you're not – you still yeah, don't have Spielberg's out. number on yeah, speed dial. Yeah, can't text him and say, hey, Steven, what's up? Yeah, right, yeah, right. How's yeah. the fam? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought that was interesting. But just as a little background about where this story came from, as soon as I heard that, um, I was much more endeared to the book, the concept, right. and, and the movie. And it makes sense with, you know, I mean, the plot is basically Willy Wonka meets geek culture. And so... Really good um, point, yeah. And so it's like... Um, that, you know, and I didn't know that about his background, so that does make it more interesting. It definitely does, um, I think, because it's all, yeah, it's about, I mean, the movie at its core is about a character. His name is Wade Watts. He is living in these stacks, so they are trailers, um, that are stacked on top of each other. Um, it's in in, 2045, I think? So it's in the future, right? About 27, 29 years from now, something like that. Yeah. And he, um, and everybody else in the world escape into this virtual reality world called the Oasis. Uh Um, the idea is that life has gotten pretty bleak. Um, everything is that there's pollution. They don't really go into it deep, but you know things like uh, global warming have, have have led to their conclusion, and and there's been a lot of wars that have wiped out portions of the country, and basically people live their existence in these bleak settings, but they escape to the oasis. And there's that really good quote, and it's a good quote where he says, "Everybody goes to the oasis uh, initially for all the things you can do, mm-hmm. but what keeps them there is all the things you can be." Right. So you get your own alter ego, and and you become your somebody avatar, new, yeah. your avatar, yeah, right? Yeah. And so it's you know he's there. So um, what what kicks off the plot is James Halliday, um, who played by Mark Rylance. Mark Rylance, perfect for casting there. Um, so he he plays that role, and um, he is a uh, the guy who invented the Oasis, right? Um, and so he the Steve and, Jobs of this universe, pretty much. Right, yeah. right, but but yeah, exactly. So he is the the creative side, and right. there was also another guy, his partner, who was more of the money business side. Who's played by Simon Pegg in that? Yeah, that was Simon Pegg. Yeah, that was. I didn't know that. I knew it right away, but it looked, they made it look really different, though. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. I still am having trouble believing you. Yeah, no, that is. Oh, my God, I did not. I, I believe you, yeah, of yeah, course, yeah. but that's crazy. Okay, yeah. so Simon Pegg. Wow, yeah. I didn't realize that. Um, they did a good job disguising him. They really him. did, yeah, yeah. Um, agent. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they must have. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, the the Oasis is... Um, Holiday basically created it, and then he went into sort of seclusion for many, many years. Mm. So Holiday is on his deathbed. He's dying. But before he dies, he decides that he doesn't have any relatives, he doesn't have any friends, he doesn't have any loved ones that he really cares about. What he does have is the Oasis, and he wants to make sure it falls into good hands. So he creates a Willy Wonka scenario, right. like you said. You have um, to but find it's, an egg within the Oasis, um, and in order to get to that, there are three clues hidden throughout um, that you have to find. Right, and they're hidden behind uh, keys, yeah, um, yeah, a yeah, coral yeah. key, a crystal key, right, and a right. bronze key or okay, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so... Uh, over the next couple years, nobody's finding anything. Um, however, Wade Watts um, is uh, is in there trying to find um, these keys. And uh, every day, they're, they're called Gunters. Is that it? Is that right? Yes. Yeah, Egg yes. Hunters. Um, and they go out and they try to find the keys and try to find like the solution. So anyway, at some point a couple years in, somebody figured out that the first challenge was this race. Um, so he goes in to... Um, try to do this race, and then he meets this other girl in there. Do you remember her, her name? No. Uh, the, her avatar's name is Artemis. Artemis, and, then, and he's... Uh, um, uh, oh, gosh. Um, pulp something with a P. 
Um, his was Mark of I forget. It's okay. Uh, you, Alazar or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway. Um, but you can just call him Wade. And yeah, then yeah. Her, and then her actual name, we later learn, is Samantha. Right. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the two of them go on this quest. It, it turns out that this solution um, comes from um, him being able, and I'm, I'm going to stop here, but the solution to, to this race was actually, instead of going forward, going backwards, and he finds this clue by delving into the journals of James Halliday, which right. James Halliday has made virtually available to everybody in this world. So if you take the time, you can go back and look at every moment in, in his life uh-huh. and experience what he went through and then utilize those as clues to solve the thing. Right. So basically the quest becomes um, solving the rest of these riddles um, in the Oasis, yeah. but also they're up against this group of... Big corporation. Right, led like by, a Google or a... Right. But like more evil than Google, depending on your opinion. Sure, sure, no, Google. Much, no, very, um, like... Uh, IAI or something, interactive whatever solutions of, yeah. of interactivity or something like that. Led and it's, by Nolan Sorrento, who's oh played God. by uh, Ben Mendelsohn from Excellent. Rogue One. Who's, um, who's fantastic. He's, a, he's one of those guys, like, kind of like Jason Isaacs, Alan Rickman, if he just played villains the rest of his life, I'd be perfectly fine with that. He, he's he also in... So good. He's yeah. also in Bloodline where he plays, like, the, uh, the Black Sheep son, yeah, yeah, and he does yeah, that yeah, incredibly yeah. well as well. It's a Netflix sure. series. So anyway, um, he's a very sort of one-note villain. Uh, he yeah. he doesn't really like geek culture, any of the stuff that this you know James Halliday was about and celebrates. However, he tries to pretend that he does. He has all this money, and, and his goal is basically to win, take over the Oasis, and turn it into an advertising nightmare. And we learned that he started out um, as an intern for um, right. Halliday years ago. And that's where it all started. But, but he yeah. had all these ideas for monetization, um, mm-hmm. and so it becomes this, this you know, the overarching theme of the film becomes sure. this idea of um, passion, creativity, and truth versus commoditization, um, you know, uh, big corporations, uh, you know, all the things that sort of kill dreams sure, and, sure. and kill that. And then it's also about, you know, becoming your best self. It's mm-hmm. about overcoming challenges. It's about... Um, and I think the the big thing that they sort of push as a, as a core thing is don't make the mistakes that I made and die with nobody that you love, even if you have billions of dollars. Um, take the plunge. Tell the person you love that you love them, and et cetera. And so sure. those are kind of the big messages sure, of sure. the movie. Um, and so I I you know I guess I guess let's let's sort of talk a little bit about um, you're you're heading into it. You're mm-hmm. about to sit down. What are you looking forward to in it? I mean, I know you were, like, really enthused about it. I was, like, kind of middle of the road. I'm like, it looked cool. I didn't really expect, like, Spielberg masterpiece. I knew that it was going to be very, like, uh, um, bloated, overwhelming display of pop culture references, which, of course, I like. But, I mean, I mean of course, I love Stranger Things, and I love the 80s and all that. That, that is nowhere but, near the bloat. But, right. I mean, but, Stranger Things is... So, in an, yeah, in an interesting way, Stranger Things is more derivative. Right. But less pop references right exactly so like, it's it's very it's more homage it, than it is like, the thing as right. opposed to referencing the thing exactly yeah yeah whereas this it's like i mean like right in the first few minutes we're hit with a line from the 1978 superman movie which of course i was quoting during like with them and jacob was making fun of me for it my friend jacob, and um and that was interesting too that, What's I, that, that line? Saw, um it was the lex luther one where he says like um, some people can read War and Peace. Oh, yeah. It's um, a simple adventure story. Others can read the in, um, back of a chewing gum wrapper and discover the secrets to the universe, stuff like that. Great um, quote. So Great there quote. was that. Then there was that one device which they used to go back in time a minute called the Zemeckis Cube because, of course, Robert Zemeckis is the director of Back to the Future. Um, so And then the Shining scene. 
Um, so I knew it was going to be like this, where it's like, okay, pop culture reference after pop culture reference, and which is fun. Um, but I was a little skeptical that I'm like, okay, if that's it, I'm like, that'd be kind of boring. Um, so, but I was looking for, you know, at least entertaining, you know, um, but I mean, I would say, and, and still, they still are, but my favorite Spielberg movies are still Minority Report and Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I haven't seen it, amazingly, but Minority Report is maybe my favorite Spielberg. I love it. Sure. Um, so Close Encounters, if you ever want to watch, that's like, yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely have to do that sometime. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I didn't, like, I I know some people were, like, like, and I know there was some controversy with, like, the book about it, both between that, you know, being just pop culture reference galore, um, not enough originality to it, and also there was controversy about, like, the, you know, get the girl romance subplot, um, as I know some people felt more strongly about that, um, and so, you know, whatever, but, um, but, yeah, I mean, so I didn't, I would say I didn't really have, like, terribly high or terribly low expectations going Mm -hmm. in, kind of like, I'm like, eh, if I like it, great. It's so, so some interesting things that that that's sort of led up to the release of the movie is that you know I thought from the beginning it was going to be a huge smash, and right, then it started right. the buzz started coming out that like it was going to underperform, yeah, I and remember that, that and yeah, that they yeah, were yeah. wanting thirty five million or forty five million, but that it was actually coming in more like thirty three million right. with, with the pre box office sales, and and it was starting to start this narrative at least in my head of unless you are an MCU movie. Or something, or Star Wars. Basically, you can't be a blockbuster. Anymore. Yeah, that's, and that was starting to yeah. starting to get in my head a little bit. And thankfully, when this movie came out, it did really well, and actually, it exceeded the expectations of Forty Five Minutes. It did more than that, and it made me really encouraged that a movie in this day and age can still be a Jurassic sure, Park sure. or I'll, a or a Titanic or right. whatever without being attached to an existing franchise right which which it seems like everything which ironically is it's like yeah this isn't attached to it but it references every franchise ever made right which is which (laughs) is interesting right so anyway at least it had its good opening weekend that made me happy and and, and redeem this 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 worry that i had so there was that um also though main thing that i wanted from this was i wanted it to be a return to form for me sitting down and watching a spielberg movie and really enjoying myself. that's fair yeah yeah and i like, really wanted it to be like an indiana jones yeah or or that type of experience i knew it was not like a big drama i knew it wasn't a big like twists and turns movie but i i thought that it was going to be like this fun adventure where i really sure. enjoyed the characters and, and the trip that it took me on and it would take me to all these cool virtual locations and 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 all of that. That's what I. That, that was the extent of my hopes. Because quite frankly, as much as I like the '80s and, and lived through them, I don't. I don't need a movie of pop culture references. No, I don't I, care yeah, yeah. for a movie of pop culture references. Sure. I'm not even a big Easter egg hunter. I don't really care that much. I sure. I, I find that stuff interesting, and of course, I'm as 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 nostalgia driven as anybody else is, mm-hmm. but not in a small little blips way. Where right, I want right. to see a compilation or a greatest hits of my childhood sure, at all. Sure. There are people that are really into that. Sure. Um, that want to watch, you know, back to the '80s on VH1, and like, oh my god, remember that? And oh my god, remember that? Not me. <laughs> not me at all. I don't care about that. I don't feel that way. Um, nostalgia for me is more like my first kiss with a girl, or um, that that place that we went to as a family, or that camping trip I went to in sure. school, and I, or even that movie I saw and how it moved me. Sure. Much less like, oh my god, it's the freaking Iron Giant. Although the right. Iron Giant's cool, you know. Well, and that's interesting. You say you wanted like the feeling of a Spielberg movie, a classic Spielberg movie recapture because i would want that too and i was worried that i wasn't going to get it this time because it's just like uh, you know okay it's like yeah you're doing what spielberg always did 
but it's just referencing all those. Whereas, like, like for me, so I, I really like Super 8, and that's, and, you know, Abrams is, like, kind of a modern-day Spielberg, and that, to me, um, captured that feeling of a classic Spielberg movie. They, I know not everyone likes that, and that's fine, but yeah. for me, it did that really well. Um, it felt like a modern day. Same thing with Stranger Things. Things. Right, right. And that exactly. has, that, has that feeling where it where it brings up that good nostalgic feeling, yes. but it isn't a pop culture reference fest. Right. But even beyond that, so we can get beyond that. That that's one part sure, of it, sure, is sure. this whole pop culture references, and they're constant and 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 always flowing. Sure. Um, now there's the other side of it in the gamer side. So obviously right, I love video games, I want to do. Yeah, and so that's about, an interesting yeah. part. So. There are interesting things about gaming. What's interesting is this guy is a hardcore gamer, Ernest Klein. Like, he is like a down-in-it guy that played video games pretty intensely. But I feel like it's very, and I didn't read the book, but I feel like it's a very surface-level, like, cuts. They're not deep cuts of gaming. It was much more like, like, for example, they talk about Robotron a lot and this thing, Uh, and they really hit that over the motherfucking head. Boy, did they hit that over the head. I mean, I heard that story five times in that two-and-a-half-hour runtime about the creator of Robotron created the first known Easter egg (laughs) in 1978 when, when, you know, it turned out that instead of trying to beat the game, if he just went to the middle and grabbed, or he went and found the little dot, which is really a key, ha-ha-ha, video games used to be so bobo, you know, oh, you grab this little (laughs) dot key and you bring it to the center and it unlocks a door and, ah, it's the name of the creator and i can't believe how much it used to uh, yeah i just can't believe how much it moved me when i when i first saw that okay tell me that story once that's fine maybe twice five more times i literally heard it five times i think i counted five references to that story it is not that moving it's not that amazing it's not that compelling it doesn't blow my fucking mind and it's about something okay so that's fine there's one little sort of deep cut interesting thing but it's also history it's something you can find in the guinness book of world records world's first easter egg it's not and, and then he He's got a couple other references, and I watched some of the things where he talked like on Sunday morning. He talks about you know dungeons and not dungeon. He was big into D anD D, but also like dungeons and sorcerers or some game that he played. And so there are a couple of those things. And I think the book's probably more filled with the deep cuts. Yeah, I would not, but yeah. this movie, it was just like, oh look, Pac Man. Oh look, That's you know, the thing. it's like, just I, I kind of. I mean. So in uh, like, because I was kind of expecting a little more kind of like a World of Warcraft kind of thing. I mean, even though I've never played World of Warcraft, I know that there's a lot of storytelling like yeah. ingenuity in that, and that was what I was kind of expecting to hear. It's like, but really, I mean, as much time as we spend in the Oasis, it's really just like okay, the three challenges, the big battle at the end, and then there's that one scene where they're um, at the like the club in the game, you know, yeah. uh, and like so I was You're kind right. of expecting a little more. Even though as much as stuffed as it was with characters and um, references and whatnot, I expected kind of, it's weird saying I expected a little more world building, but I kind of did. Like, I mean, what made, you know, this world so different? So, you know, I don't know. Yeah, but, no, no. Yeah. I think I think you're really onto something with that. The quest of it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't yeah. feel like it was there. Why could, like, so, okay, so uh, as, a, as a structuring mechanism, sure, there are three keys that open stuff. Yeah. But all that was was just, like, lip service. There was no actual journey or quest. Yeah. Like, you just mentioned World of Warcraft. There's no, like, you're going to go through this dungeon and go through a quest right. and, like, defeat this boss and all right. this cool shit that they could have done. Right. And I grant, 
understand, and if that's not what the book is, then that's fine. Sure, sure. But it, it's just there was nothing in there that evoked a video game to me. No, I kind of expect just, that more. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I expected that more as well. Uh, and like, and yeah. that stuff, whether or not you play video games, there's something fascinating and, 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 and wondrous. There's a reason the podcast originally was called The Joy of Gaming. There's a yeah. wondrous joy you feel when you, and, and originating, my, my passion for video games was very tied in with mazes. Yeah, and yeah, this yeah. concept of here's the start, here's the end, and you go through these blind alleys and you try to solve this maze puzzle and go on this journey and ooh, my mazes that I used to draw, you'd have to collect items and then go to the end and 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 that was really cool and fun and and just all the trappings of actually playing a video game are missing here and instead it's just a virtual it's just kind of racing and battling and all yeah that. yeah because like, really. I liked uh, like that's what makes uh, Goblet of Fire one of my favorite Harry Potter books is like yeah. the way the Triwizard tournament is structured and detailed. There's um, the first uh, challenge is getting an egg that's guarded by a dragon. Then the second is they have to rescue um, someone they love underwater um, that's surrounded by mer people, and they have to work through all the. And but before they even get to that, they have to undercover clues to know what the next challenge is. And then after that, there's this huge cornfield maze that's um, infused with dark magic and all that. And so like that stuff is fascinating to me, you know. Yes. Like, and so, but here it was like, well okay, said. we see some cool races, we see some cool battles. And like, hey, there's and there's a movie, there's Iron Giant, right? There's blah blah blah. The Shining scene was cool. The I Shining scene was very yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. In fact, probably the highlight. Yeah, I agree. Um, so that one was fun, and I liked how it paid homage to it without making fun of it or anything. I mean, um, it was perfect because I mean, of course, Spielberg and Kubrick were good friends back in the day. Interesting. Before Kubrick see, this away. is the kind of little tidbits I get talking yes. to you. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, and I mean, that AI was really um, Kubrick's vehicle for a long time, and then he died. Um, but. Um, Spielberg tried to stay as close to his original vision as he could when he made that movie because um, Kubrick had like an 80 page treatment for it um, that he tried to stay as close to as he could. Interesting. Um, well, and also but, it's his own movie. Right, right. You can't dedicate years of your life to sure. something if you can't. Yeah. Sure. But I like that scene. I liked how it was like, I mean, you know, it um, it put um, Lana Waithe's character, I think I'm pronouncing the actress's name right. Um, she's from Master of None, the one who plays H, the one, the avatar is the big macho guy um and it turns out to be um the woman in the real world you know what i'm talking about in what in ready player one oh right the macho the, guy oh yeah 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 so like um she had never seen signing she hated scary movies and all that and so watching her avatar go as a big through, dude as a big dude fumble through the scene and like see the twin girls like hey can you help me through and then um they lead her him to the her the avatar to the, to the elevator and the blood splatters out and everything like that so that was a really fun scene um, yeah so i liked that one but aside from that i was like okay by the time i got into the final battle i was kind of exhausted I'm yeah like, it, is exhausting. it is yeah, exhausting it is exhausting so yeah. i don't fund i think at the core i don't fundamentally balk or have an issue with the pop culture you know medley right, throwing right, all this right. shit in a big pot and throwing it at us and saying look at all this the cgi is gorgeous the execution's great sure. and i really don't mind that i don't think i'm not mad at this movie for being that um at all no. I, it's just a matter of it didn't add anything for me it didn't do much sure. for me and if they just wanted that to be the backdrop for a really compelling story that would have been totally fine and i guess I guess I, I, I just was wanting some of the stuff that – and this conversation has illuminated a little bit of what was missing for me. You're right. That real feeling of a quest. And a yeah. lot of movies have done that. Like Labyrinth did that really well. Yeah. And movies like that, that in the 80s actually, right. you know, who that did this amazing like – And really well, that feels like that. It the, does feel like very that. very much based on, you know. It does feel like that. So these I, like There's these challenges right, you have right. to complete. But it seems like this movie was just like these challenges were in name were only. very borderline. Yeah, and they were yeah. very broad. Yeah. And it was just like – and then also the big bad 
bad in this movie. He's so shitty. Yeah. Like, he's a brilliant uh, actor, like, and that role just yeah, sucks. It's, it's that, like, so one-note. Very one-note, and, well, I mean, pretty much all the characters. Was, I mean, there wasn't yeah. really much depth to I mean, um, it does, like you said, it helps knowing a little more about Ernest Cline's background to make the protagonist a little more compelling for me and i thought the actor did a serviceable job serviceable himself, at but best, like yeah but i mean i didn't you know it was pretty much none of the backstories really matter they're all pretty much like okay one note characters um for me it was really that scene where he and samantha meet in the real world was so that could have been so much more rewritten I, like so it much was better. so stupid but like it could have been so much better and oh no and uh, like uh, so I saw Jacob and like and if he's a big gamer and loves all the stuff and so he really enjoyed it but he's like uh, when we got, they got to that scene and they looked like they were about to make out right there and like he goes up and just touches her after just having met her and be like I don't mind your birthmark on all side and like the dialogue is just so painfully written he's like this is ruining it for me oh my gosh like I was loving this up until this point and then like it's bad. fortunately it didn't like go on they didn't prolong it but still it was just like the, those two didn't really on. have chemistry they didn't and, they like, just they didn't I mean forget birthmark so what yeah. and maybe that's a plot point from the book whatever right. and this whole idea of like reality well, versus well from what I know the, too but the, um, they don't meet in the real world until the very end too okay so, which, um, which yeah, would have yeah. been better yeah it would have been I better think, I well, liked the tension of not knowing if she was a dude right, I thought right. that was good sure and blowing that was not worth it. Also, the big dude in real life being that girl, that was well done. Yeah, I thought, yeah. I thought I that was so well handled. Sure. Um, I really liked those other two. Yeah, they were um, cool. They were cool, although I would have preferred, again, this is what the book was, but sure. probably, but I would have preferred instead of there being brothers or whatever they were, uh, I would have preferred two separate, I would have preferred a team of five unique individuals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah or yeah. at least a sixth member. I think it needed another That's fair, yeah. A, another piece sure um but i mean overall because i mean when i see that team the high five i'm not like oh yeah look at those oh, cool well, guys so cool yeah, I think I, that, yeah none like, of it was that they cool. were fine they're yeah not, they're okay they're not fantastic four level no like, they're just, just not that cool yeah, yeah yeah and i guess what it comes down to is nothing in this movie as 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 high tech and as cgi and as and as, as sleek supposedly it is right. nothing about it's that cool i almost feel like tron the new tron's yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I just there's something about well, maybe it that's, that's the missing. point of like with the characters. Maybe that's kind of point is like they are just average people like sure. us. Sure, but I also I totally agree that the romance, so are the dudes in Stranger Things. Those sure, dudes are yeah. just normal dudes, and, and man, they, are they cool? Oh, they're awesome, and like you I'll love hang, them. Don't I want to hang out with them all day? Right, um, right. They have perfect chemistry with each other, so and like, they're exactly normal. Yes. they're nothing special about them. Really, right? They have big hearts, right. but they also have little petty conflicts, right. and, and yet they're they're really compelling. I just think that. And, and also the main character, too. He just... He's like you said. He's serviceable. There's nothing that yeah. charismatic about him, and and I don't think it's probably his fault. I'm sure I could see him in something else that he's probably good in. Right. I just well, and I don't like to pick at like one writer in particular, but it's like so Ernest Pine co-wrote it, but then the other writer was Zach Penn, who is he co-written X Men Two, and then he wrote the original draft of Avengers, which Josh Whedon looked at and rewrote the whole thing, and so they still gave him a story credit on it, but like if you look at his stuff, I mean, he's kind of like I mean, he's fine. He's like a fanboy screenwriter, but like. He writes pretty one-note characters and, like, uh, as kind of a track writer for that. I think they could have used a better screen editor for that. Um, just to... I think that, that especially the romance could have been so much more subtle and natural and not so forced and just, like, kind of in making both of them pretty one-note. 
Um, and yeah, I rolled my eyes at the final scene there when they're like, oh, but we have Tuesdays and Thursdays off so they can make out on the couch. That was obnoxious. Like, oh, right, and was... second of all, no, that is not going to happen. No, no. And why two days? Yes. And, 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 and yeah, it's just, okay, now another little bone I have to pick and I apologize no, to you because I, mean, hey. I know that you, I know that you, you said that you liked this. I thought James Halliday was horrendous. Oh, really? Okay. I okay. thought that performance was the most cliched, like a, socially was, awkward dude that I ever saw. I, I don't have any problem with Mark Rylance as an actor. He's yeah, perfectly yeah. good. Sure. But just the slow stuttering. Yeah, that's fair. The, the I, I am sorry, but... You know, I always wished I'd kissed her. Okay, and yeah, I yeah, guess yeah. I just didn't as he knocks his glasses right, back right, on his right, fucking right. face. Yeah. Like, oh my god. <laughs> no, Please don't give me this cliched geek yeah. from the, the our perception of that from 30 years ago. I mean, the performance is perfectly... No, I, I hate the performance too. I'm sorry. I, just, okay, I, I hate everything about that character. I just that's thought, and that's a problem. Because he's supposed to be a really... And it, and it sounds like it worked more for you. But it sounds like he's supposed to be this compelling, charismatic I mean, I guess he didn't like, really blow me away that much. I just like Mark Rylance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it yeah. seems like it would have been a good typecasting or good casting. Sure, sure. Except it just wasn't executed well. That's I don't fair. know. No, I fine. just... I, I, You know, I don't I don't mean to be petty. But no, I, I, just, no, I was fine. I, I guess I wasn't really thinking about it as much because it was more distracted by... Yeah, like, I, I really hated that romance and I, you know... The, yeah. Their chemistry. There were other and things then, that were more yeah. atrocious to right, take right. your mind and brain cycles sure, up. Sure. You know, and I'll tell you, there were some cool parts. I don't want to just shit on it. For example, the dancing scene and that air that blows that them cool. up. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. really cool. Oh, I said visually, like I said, I mean, it was really cool throughout. Um, some of the world and, building, some yeah. of the places they went were neat. That bar in particular was neat. Sure. Um, some of the, like, the, when they weren't doing, like, direct ripoff of video game characters, some of the cool original characters they came up with were neat. I liked them. Sure. Um, I liked uh, the idea of, like, this is the face I'm using right now, and the idea of avatars and that kind of stuff. Although it's been played out, I still enjoyed it. Um, and let's think about what else I enjoyed in it. Um, I didn't, I think the ending battle was way too drawn out. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I hate oh, to, absolutely. It was God. so yeah, drawn was out. Just... They were driving well, that fucking really van any, for there, so long. There wasn't any nuance. It was just shooting and driving and racing, and like I was, yeah, I was. And, and it was just like it's been done. As much as the scene drove me crazy in um, Inception, it's been done so much better when a character is in a virtual scenario. Right. In that case, a dream. And in that one, and the are, van is going. There are levels to it, and there's like perfect timing. And everything. this one was just like, okay, let's have Iron Giant blow up this and do this and do this and do that. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, and then the, the car chase, oh God, I was Well, that's what I'm talking about. Is like, fun. okay, so he's plugged in, and the car chase is affecting him in the virtual world. I mean, that is just... It's just like it's been done better. Yeah, yeah it's been yeah. done. It was way better in Inception, sure, sure. and 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 I just I just thought, oh my god, it's so frustrating when he couldn't put that key in that slot. I wanted to kill somebody. That is so cheap. Let him put the key in the yes. slot. You yeah. know, and then what's also, taking so long? Oh, what, how hard is this? Oh uh, god. I mean, that, that, I did yeah. like the fact that the geeks who were hired to like solve everything for for the bad yeah, yeah, guy yeah, 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 that yeah. they turned out to really just want to be geeks. Right, right. At the right, end, right. that was cool. That was good. Um, and I'm trying to think what other things I liked about it that I remember. Oh, loved who I now know is Simon Pegg's whole yeah, yeah, performance. Yeah, 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 that yeah. whole stuff in the archives of James cool. Halliday's mind. I loved that stuff. That was cool. Um, I love the idea of this girl that he was in love with that he never made the move on. Um, although I did think the relationship between Halliday and Pegg um, was muddled. I didn't really get what their relationship was. Did they have a falling out? Didn't they? Why was, did they? Yeah, I think I, they were sort of like a Steve Jobs, Steve Wozniak kind of thing, but not to that level. Like, um, 
of, you know, like, full-on rivalry, but... Because it seemed like by the end, he still, like, Fenbegs was still very much... I mean, he went and helped, um... Then. Well, he he revealed that he had been watching over them the whole time, you know. That's though, cool, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, so I think even if they had some kind of conflict, it was resolved. And, I just didn't get what the conflict was. I didn't get what they were torn apart over. I didn't get what it, what I mean, it had to do. The girl and then... And, but they didn't play they that up. Like, okay, so he married the girl that he wished he'd, fall, he'd right, told... Right. That was just like why? Why is that? And 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 did it break them up? Do we even right, know that? Right, right. I just thought it was murky. No, I, I just agree. I just think that I, and and it was just like I don't know. I just feel like that, that something was missing there. Sure. I thought the concept though of digging through the archives of his mind to solve the puzzles was rad. Yeah, the shining yeah, yeah, yeah. thing was really rad. That was cool. Yeah. Um, racing backwards was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, thought yeah. that was a cool concept. And to get past King Kong and all that. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. cool. Yeah, I yeah. like that. Um, and finding that clue and you have to go back sometimes to go forward. That was cool. Although a little on the nose, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I mean, overall, it just it just was was pretty good. Yeah, that's exactly. You I mean, know, I give it a seven out of ten. That's like, exactly I mean, what like, I give yeah, it. Yeah. I, I want to say six point five, but that's too harsh. It's a seven. No, I mean, it's I didn't. A seven. I didn't hate it. Didn't love it. It was almost exactly what I thought it would be. I mean, had a decent time. Um, would I see it again? Yeah, if I was asked to. Yeah, I'm not going to go out of my way to. That it, said, yeah. though. As but a Spielberg cool. movie, makes it worse. That's the thing. When yeah, you like, find out it's when you think about it in the context of Spielberg movies, it gets significantly yeah. worse because I like almost every Spielberg movie better. Yeah, and and it's just it's it's I don't I can't put my finger on what it is, but I, I don't know what like was I mean, it just that, like, a hard uh, like, movie to make? Is that what it is? Kind of because like well I know we said um, it had been a while since he'd made more of like an actiony old school Spielberg movie, but he did make Tintin um, a few years ago, and I mm. love that. movie. I haven't seen it. Is it I great? Love it. Yeah, I no. think I've heard good things. Oh, it's it's. On Netflix, so go watch it. Okay, um, it's, I, can, you know, I need I need some redemption on this, man. I would go watch that because it's like, and it's only hour and a half, two hours, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Um, it's I mean I love the animation there. It was him and Peter Jackson collaboration on it. Um, Simon Pegg is also in that because okay. yeah, him and Nick Frost play um, two of the detectives in there. Ooh. Thompson and Thompson. There's no mystery in it though, is there? No, it's very much. I mean, like the, Tintin is a detective, so like it's oh. like a, I mean, not maybe not. No, I'm not going to be blown away like, by plot twist, but like Indiana, somewhat. Indiana Jones esque, like awesome I mean, like, um, archaeology. Kinda... Yeah, oh yeah, but very much so. Oh, and you um, see Andy that. Circus is one of the voices. Oh man, um, I missed out. Jamie Bell is Tintin. Oh gosh, yes. It was. I mean, it was. Spielberg and Peter Jackson were the main collaborators. Um, ultimately, Spielberg directed it, but Jackson was on board with it the whole time and was a main producer. Um, Edgar Wright and Joe Cornish wrote, did the rewrite of it um, because the what's his face who uh, created Sherlock, um, trying to point on his name, but uh, um, not he's Moffitt. also Doctor Who. No, Stephen Moffat. Yeah, oh, that's the one. Okay. Stephen Moffat wrote the original script and then had to leave at one point, I guess, because of ties to Sherlock or whatever. And then Edgar Wright and Joe Cornish came in and finished it for him. So it's nice. got all those minds working on it. Wow. Um, I love that movie. Go watch it. So yeah. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad to hear that there's something sure. redemptive about Steven Spielberg's recent action-adventure output. Yeah. Um, it was a good sentence. But anyway, um, oh. you know, it, it's, it's, it's just... Yeah, I mean, was I wasn't fine. like horrified. I wasn't no, disappointed. No. I no. just was sort of like, all right, it I was guess fine. that was all right. Uh, I think if there's one thing, though, I would say it didn't lean in hard enough on on the gaming aspects on like actual yeah, yeah, being yeah. a game and even from somebody like you who used to play video games it doesn't so much anymore you still wanted that right, and that right. says a lot and I um, read some like you know comics that are like like I read Sword Quest recently the Atari thing yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and stuff like that so I still very much like the culture yeah um, yeah it's a really yeah. cool concept yeah. of like you know you know yeah that stuff sure um, so I think there was that and man it just was so heavy handed yeah. and just so like on the nose yes. like, like Titanic level of yeah. like you know 
on the nose. Right, so, right. No, exactly. I think a you'd better be disappointed if you'd met me in real life. Yeah, I think a better screenwriter would have been would have served to I come think in. You're right. and I'm do just a surprised though. That Spielberg though, like, yeah. he doesn't. Does he make mistakes? I guess he does. I, is he I mean, human? I, I, I don't know. I don't think any less so, just because he's. I mean, he's made so many that I don't love every movie he's ever made. But um, granted, there are of course my favorites. But yeah. yeah, I think at this point it would be interesting to see if he like step that like I, I made this element it wouldn't but like if he like a Spielberg movie is more of an event because he makes so many I mean he just made the post a few months ago and this came out that's this yeah that's why like, I think there's he's something he's always been so broad there's that, something know? about this movie that like got delayed or had weird because because yeah. it's 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 an odd it's time it's a weird it to time out. to be relieved yeah. the blockbuster the scale I thought summer would have been much more or fitting winter, for, or winter you know or yes. fall I mean yeah. you know would have been better so anyway cool right. I think we, we, we gave that yeah, that's about, a, yeah. a good going over sure. um, so as we always do at the end um, why don't you tell everyone where they can find us and then we will f- close out with what we're going to watch next cool sounds good um, you can find us uh, all of our content at thejoyofgeek.net um, Facebook on t- and Twitter don't edit, update those as much as I should but um, I'm always on social media too so if you follow me on Twitter I'm always tweeting our episodes on my page. Um, and be sure to check out some of the most recent stuff because um, we put up our panel from NC Comic Con Oak City with author Scott Rankin. That's oh, a really good episode. Yeah. So please check that out. Um, we also, the other panel we did at that show is on the Name Redacted podcast. So that's already up there. About podcasting. Um, so if you're in, into yes. podcasting as an art form, art form, whatever. Yeah. Um, and, or, and or just want to hear what we and those guys think yes. of how to podcast, what makes a good podcast, I'll check it out. Right. So follow us all there. And then you, you can, can find me at Rich Flippore right. on Twitter as well. And me at KW Shafe. And I post all my blogs and column and comic stuff there. So, cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, and uh, you're going to be in the Corpus Anthology. Yes. Very exciting. So that'll be uh, we our final content is due in a few weeks. So awesome. my script's already been revised, and Andrew's working on the art. So beautiful. Um, did they send so, you edits, or did they, is it just? Yeah, they they, they did. Um, Nadia did edit the scripts pretty uh, early, but I had already been working on mine for a while, so I already had um, a few rewrites that had gone through anyway. But um, but yeah, she gave really good feedback, so she's an awesome. excellent editor to work with. Awesome. Um, cool. Yeah. Um, well, anyway. Um, and uh, what are you going to be checking out next? So I, uh, I was supposed to see Isle of Dogs earlier this week. and um, I'm surprised Fred, you didn't find a way to go in New York. Because they was, had we a were doing, everywhere there. It was, but we were doing too much. You were just like, so, yeah, 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 I can see like, it anytime. Yeah. Why see yeah, it in New York? Yeah. I get it. So I probably will go this week. Um, but that and then, yeah, always comics and stuff. And I do want to check out Lost in Space. Yeah, me too. Me yeah. too. I'm going to check that out. Um, the second season of Unforgotten. Um, yeah. Pumped for that. Okay. I've only seen the first. Um, How many is it? Just two. Okay, and cool. they're both just cases, six episode okay, cases. Cool. Nice. Uh, 45 minutes an episode. You know, short and sweet, yeah, but sure. excellent. Um, and then also, uh, I'm going to play, I'm actually after this, I'm headed to play uh, Way Out. It's a video game uh, co-op uh, jailbreak. Oh, cool. Um, and so two people like work together to break out of jail and like be on the run. And it looks Very really cool. cool. So I'm going to go play that with a friend. Cool. Um, and next week, man, sorry to be all gaming on yeah. Joy of Geek, but oh. next week... Um, God of War comes out. Oh, that is, yeah, I have the new that. God of War, that, yeah. and oh my God, is it? It's a got full ten out of ten reviews. Like, full reboot. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, so it's still the same guy. It's right. still Kratos. I've seen images and stuff. Yeah, and it looks gorgeous, it. right? Yeah, yeah. So he's still, he's still Kratos. He's he's got a son now. It's not the same child he had in the past games. It's a new child. He's sort of after the whole God of War stuff went down. Um, he it's really interesting. So that stuff was all. Um, Greek mythology. Yeah. This game is all Norse mythology. Mm. So he's like moved to Midgard where there's all like, or, or something like that, where everything's Norse. Yeah. So now he's the god of war from Greek mythology 
in the Norse mythology world. Ooh, so it's all right. Norse gods. And so he's got a son, and his wife passes away, apparently from natural causes, and he has to, like, bury or scatter her ashes, you know, in her home country. So he goes there with his son, and uh, gods get pissed, and Ooh. disaster ensues. Right. But it's getting 10 out of 10s, and people say it's just an yeah, absolute masterpiece. Yeah. So yeah. I am, uh, drop everything when that comes Xbox out. PS4 only. It's a, uh, God of War is a PS4 exclusive. Okay, it's actually by it. Sony Santa Monica. Okay, cool. Um, nice. Cool. So anyway, um, check out the Joy of Geek, uh, I mean, excuse me, Joy of Gaming for the talk about that uh, in the upcoming weeks as well. And on that note, I'm Rich Lepore. Kevin Shaver. And we'll see you soon. Take care.